We are live. Um, everybody, welcome to Live Rounds Episode 9. We're going to wait to see if we can get some people in here and get this conversation started because we have so much to talk about. Um, I feel like the wrestling world completely got flipped on its head, and it's like it, it's broken, but it's amazing. Like I, I don't even know. It's wild right now. It's such a crazy time to be a wrestling fan. <laughs> The best. We got some good topics for tonight. So many topics that we probably won't even get. We probably won't even get to them in the in the two hours. Maybe. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. So let us know in the chat, like especially super chats. Like this would be a perfect time to bring that up. Like I'll bring it up again when a few more people are in here. But like this will be a show that's like really important. If you send those super chats, we'll make sure to get to whatever you want us to talk about. But there are possibly topics we might not just even get to because there just is so much that's happened in this past, you know, week of wrestling, especially like even just yesterday in particular, we could go a full two hours on just the Daniel Bryan CM Punk stuff easy. So like, um, so yeah, hit us up with those. Um, always make sure to hit that like button on the, on the videos uh, that helps us out a ton. And that obviously that costs you nothing. It's just a quick thumbs up, click there on the, uh, the YouTube uh, screen you're watching. And, uh, yeah, just kind of wait here for people to kind of trickle in, and then we'll uh, we'll start deep diving into this stuff. Because man, this is this is a great time to be a fan of professional wrestling, dude. I mean, it's I I don't even I, it it doesn't even feel like reality. It really doesn't. Like I and and it what's crazy is is I dropped this cover for Tuesday, right and how much wrestling has changed by Thursday is it's wild. <laughs> like I can't, it, it, you can't even keep up right now. It's, it's like, and then, so, you know, like I was driving, we drove to Dallas and I'm like on the way back, I'm thinking like, okay, this is probably the last time that I'll drive to Dallas till WrestleMania weekend. And then I thought to myself, like, what the hell is wrestling going to be by WrestleMania weekend? Like, we just have no idea. So, um, I don't even know where to begin, really. Like, do you want to go over um, Dynamite? Do you want to I, whatever? Dude, we should just start. We might as well just start with Punk and Brian. We're both wearing the t-shirts. Okay. Like, I mean, yeah. that's what I think most people are gonna. It's like the freshest thing that's happened. Uh, you know, it's just with like the reports coming out yesterday. Shout out to my boy, a guy who's an actual friend of mine, Sean Rossap. He's the one who really got that punk news out there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, of and course, it was like, Brian news too. And it was like, by the time that we got to Dallas, like the Daniel Bryan stuff was coming in hot and heavy. And I'm like, dude, I was already like, whoa, with punk. And now you're going to throw in Daniel Bryan on top of this. Like, it, this is crazy. And then, and, and another thing I told, like I told Bill, I said, Bill, like Sean doesn't report bullcrap. Like if he's reporting this, this is happening. This is not like he just is making this stuff up just to like feed his Patreon people. I'm like, this is going down. I mean, he, and, he, he reported the Goldberg return like a month and a half ago or something that he was coming back to the rock for SummerSlam. I mean, like, yeah. you know, it's like exactly what wound up happening, you know? Yeah. I mean? And then like, I mean, Brian Alvarez today said in his opinion, he believes that the Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, and CM Punk have both signed to AEW. He wouldn't have to say that. He could just be like, I still don't know. I don't have enough evidence. He's like, I think they've both signed. Excuse me? And like, where 
does that put AEW? Where does that put the wrestling business? Because I know there's a lot of WWE fans that that, that one hurts. That one hurts. You can say whatever you want about AEW. You can call it botch, uh, a bot show, a t-shirt company, whatever you want. When they get Punk and Brian, that one hurts. Oh, for sure. I mean, because what on one hand, they couldn't get Punk back after, what, seven years or whatever. They couldn't even get him back. Right. And then Daniel Bryan, it would be a conscious just choice. Like, he would be leaving. I mean, I know he's a free agent, but, like, he's deciding to not resign or extend or whatever term you right. want to use, his contract. And he is actively... And I'm, this is a speculation, but I brought this up last week when we talked about some of this stuff, like being a possibility. Like, I got to believe, and once again, this one's full speculation, but I'm assuming something along the lines of like Daniel Bryan, he had the choice to make, and he's a free agent, but he's probably pretty set on just going back to WWE. You know, it's like, why not? Like, they're going to keep paying me good money. I'll go in the Hall of Fame. Like, like I'll be a lifer and like, I'll, I'll have this whole career. And then I bet you Chris Jericho called him. Because like yeah. that's like that's got he's the dude I think calling a lot of these guys Mark Henry Big Show all these guys yeah. Ambrose when he right. was Ambrose before I think he's the one calling going like listen like you got to at least talk to Tony Khan like right. just have the respect for me as like a person to just have a conversation with Tony Khan because yeah. like he, you're gonna be surprised like you think one thing I bet you and they probably get on the phone with this dude and Tony Khan's probably sitting there going Brian Danielson. Dude, massive fan. I remember this, 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 and this that you did in Ring of Honor in Japan and blah, 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 right. blah, and blah, blah, blah. Probably just talking his ear off. Just, and not only like, that, he's also telling him, like, I remember you did an interview back in 2018 where you really wanted to work New Japan and you were hoping that well, I can do that for you. And I, you know what I mean? Like, he, he, he was listening to Daniel Bryan on Busted Open Radio and whatever else, you know what I mean? Like, that's what's so crazy. And that's where I just don't think people get, like, what if Eric Bischoff was like a gigantic smart mark when he had all that power and money and, like, knew how to book and, like, knew what the wrestling fans wanted? Like, that is what we have right now. And people yes. don't understand that. Like... The fact that Nick Gage is in AEW, like that to me is just such a sign that he has such, uh, he, he understands what wrestling fans want and like, like it is such a finger on the pulse and it, it's wild. It he's is absolutely he's wild. Like, he's like around our he's age. One he's of been us. watching wrestling as long 100%. as we have. I mean, no, he's like... from Chicago. You can't <laughs> tell me that this guy was going to start a wrestling company and never get CM Punk. I think Punk was one of his number one goals. And, and like, I don't know what changed in Punk, but all I I did notice, and we talked about this, is, like, he's been pretty quiet lately. He just hadn't said a lot. And usually when that happens is when something's going down. And normally when these type of rumors come out, like, Punk is the first one to just smash them and be like, I'm never coming back. This is a joke. Bob, he hasn't said anything. In fact, he's playing into it. He played that Bulls music on Instagram and stuff like that. <laughs> so I, I, I can't, I, I, I just don't, I, I'm, I'm, my head is spinning. Like, and, and I, I, I don't know if this is like the equivalent of like Hall Nash or it's, it's something bigger or what, but I, I just think that it, 
it takes AEW to a completely different level. And it's something that I don't think, like, it, it was always a dream or a hope, but it's something that you never thought we would get to this fast. You know what right. I mean? Well, and, like, Sean Smith in the chat says, like, I get you guys are AEW fans and all, but damn, all the bias here, LOL. Dude, I, I haven't said one negative thing about the WWE. I mean, like, I, I'm just, I'm definitely an AEW fan, one billion percent, but, like, there's not really a necessary, I mean, it, there's a bias from this perspective of we're fans talking about something we like. But, but here's like, the I thing, it's not about, about it's not about a company, dude. Like, we'll watch, I watched Impact, I watched New Japan, I watched GCW, I watched that crap ROH. Like, I've watched it all. So this isn't about a bias. It's about talking about what is best in the wrestling business. And if you don't think AEW is the best wrestling company in the world right now, like, I don't I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Like, it's clear cut at this point. There is no debate. Like, you, you can hold on to the WWE if you want to, and that's fine. But Vince is about to get punched in the mouth. Like, that's exactly what is about to happen. Well, I don't even look at it like that, even. Like, I don't see it as, like, WWE versus AEW. Like, I see WWE as a totally different thing. WWE is a sports entertainment conglomerate. Definitely. They are, they are an entertainment company. They are a children's entertainment company. Just like SpongeBob is a children's, a giant company based on children's programming. I'm just in the demographic of fans that would rather watch what AEW is presenting me. Like, that's all it is. Like, well, But here's my thing is I feel like WWE presents wrestling in a way that they want to, right? So you're either a WWE fan or you're a pro wrestling fan. And you can be a pro wrestling fan and still enjoy WWE, but WWE does not want to present their product as pro wrestling. Like, they want to say the word wrestling. They, they don't. So that's the difference. AEW embraces pro wrestling, and they want to know who's the best pro wrestlers in the world, and then they want to bring them to you. Like – that is the difference. And, like, I went to that Dynamite uh, last night, and on paper, it wasn't the best. I'm, and I saw Blade, like, five times in Austin. Like, he kept coming out, and I'm like, dude, Orange and Blade, like, I don't want to watch this match. And they had a pretty good match, and, like, the people were involved. And, like, Jericho and Spears, when you see that on paper, you're like, mm, eh. dude, the crowd was so into that match, and it was a hot match. And they went for it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and like, this is why we go to Austin, come back next week, we go to Dallas, because this isn't to go see a Raw and a Raw or a Raw and a SmackDown. This is when you go to a Dynamite, you get a pay-per-view, basically. So you have to go to another one if it's in your town, because it's a totally different show, and they bring it. They know what is on the line. They know what fans want and they will never go out there and just give you some half-ass show and hope you come back next week. Yeah. Yeah. And like Sean making, I mean, see, my thing is this, I think, I think they've, they've, there's been some AEW misses, but I think the, the hits far exceed the misses. Like if I'm watching WWE, I'm probably like maybe five or 10% of the show, like tops. If I'm watching it, AEW, if, if I'm getting 90% good and 10% I don't like, I'll take that all day, all day. Like, like the Nala Rose and Britt Baker match I thought was garbage mm-hmm. on, on, on Dynamite. But the rest of the show freaking ruled. So, right. like, so what? There was one bad match. At least I'm not getting 90 But, like, when you're in the crowd, 
like people were so happy just that Britt was wrestling that it, sure. it didn't matter. Like it, it, nobody was the only thing they were upset about was the count that Paul did. But other than that, like people were all about it because they love Britt. Like Britt is super over. Like I can't imagine the ovation she gets when she goes to Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, um, huge. So it, it, I do have a little thing. Of, so first off, this is going to go all over the place, but when MJF came out and he said the guy has robbed a bank, I knew exactly who it was, but still I thought to myself, has Wardlow ever robbed a bank? Like I couldn't (laughs) accept that it was Nick Gage and he's like without a mask. And I was like, dude, it's Nick freaking Gage. And like, Dude, when he announced it and he came out, I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Me and Bill both looked at each other. And then, dude, I was like, MDK, MDK. (laughs) And, like, I was totally going crazy, right? And this is something that you did not see on camera. So, first off, you do see MJF point to one of the circles. And I don't know why he points there because, honestly, that's the babyface circle. The heel circle's on the other side. So Nick Gage comes out of the heel circle, right? So then um, MJF leaves and just lets Nick Gage do his thing, right? So there's nobody there to point Nick Gage in the direction he needs to go. Dude, he goes straight down the middle, and he keeps walking, and then he gets stuck. Like, he finds out that there's nothing there, and then he goes back to where he went. And you never see that, but that happened live, I promise you. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah, that announcement was awesome. Like, um, and Mike Jones asked if we think it's a one-off. I don't think so because you know that the I want to talk about that too. Well, the relationship's already there. Where like Moxley is definitely gonna wrestle Gage in GCW. So like, I think Gage will probably do a few things in in AEW. And but but here's my thing: will mm-hmm. will it be in GCW? Oh, it could be an AEW, possibly, but there's definitely a relationship between GCW and AEW. I, I think it could be Gage and Moxley at All Out. That'd be pretty sick. That would make sense, too. Because um, Moxley really has nothing, and Gage is clearly going to lose this match. Which This is another thing that – hold on. Let's get to the Super Chat real quick. Would you yeah. debut both Punk and Danielson on the same night? Um, for me, no. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I would actually. And the way thank that you, I'm, Travis. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Travis. The 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 way that I would personally, I would debut Brian first if you could get him there before All Out. I think CM Punk has to be at All Out. It's in Chicago. It makes too much it, sense. It, it, but it has to be. But no I wouldn't. Way. But I wouldn't do both of them at All Out. If 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 you can't get Brian there or don't want Brian there before All Out, you definitely do him at the at the New York show. Right. A couple weeks later. So, but see, it's like, I, I mean, I think they just want the ovation. They want the moment when Brian comes out. But it's like, should Brian just be wrestling that night and, and instead? Like he puts faces somebody for the belt. Um, I don't know, but uh, to me, it just sounds like he's just going to come out that night and it's going to, you know, blow the roof off the place type thing. They, they, I mean, they also could debut him right before the pay-per-view also like the dynamite before to like really spike the, the, the buy rate for the actual show. Like if he came out like on dynamite, you know, a few days before all out, there'd be so much buzz about that, that I think a lot of people that might still not be like 
all in on AEW might see that and be like, oh, now I got to order the show. Like, Dan right. Bryan just showed up, and, like, I'm hearing CM Punk's supposed to be there, and it's like, right. now I got to do it. So Right. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I Punk definitely at All Out, right? There's yes. some people that say that Punk should show up the Dynamite before All Out because then that would definitely get buzzed to, for people to order the pay-per-view. Is Dynamite in Chicago? Yes, okay. on Wednesday. Okay. Okay, but well, that's maybe that's that's tough. And then if he does do that, then like, what do you do for him at all out? Like, unless there's like some mystery opponent thing, and like he's the one that answers the call, and then he faces somebody at all out. Like, I don't know, but eh, yeah, not sure on that. I don't know. I mean, I would I would definitely do it at all out though. I mean, it just makes well, sense. Well, and I I think the fans know that's what's going to happen. So, you're going to order the pay-per-view for that reason anyways. So, yeah, man. And then the the following night, the following Dynamite is in Cincinnati, which is Moxley's hometown. So, that'll be interesting too. Um Hell yeah. But yeah, it's it's crazy. I just I I can't even fathom. But anyways, so after Nick Gage came out, like I was in complete shock mode. So, like, when they got to the next match, which was Kaz and Doc Gallows, like, I just was like, what? Like, I, I couldn't I, I couldn't believe what I just saw. And it took me a while to, like, get back together and, and see it. So, um, yeah, it was wild. It was wild. Yeah. I uh, I wanted to piggyback on the Nick Gage thing for a second, too. Yeah. The, um, and also, for everyone watching things, we have a lot of viewers right now. We got like 30 people watching. We have 16 thumbs ups. If you don't mind, y'all just hitting that thumbs up button. It helps the show out more than you guys understand. Like, so we really appreciate y'all doing that. Um, the Nick Gage, like, I like, I love this Jericho storyline. I didn't know what to think of the whole labors thing. Yeah. But, like, the thing with him and Spears wound up being way better than I expected. Yep. And then, now he's going to do Nick Gage, which, like, obviously he's going to lose the match, but it'll probably be some sort of interference from Moxley or something that'll protect. And I think Jericho is is totally down to always reinvent himself however he can. Like, he'll go out right. there and he'll let Nick Gage cut him up. Like, he's going to, you know. And but and then after that, you start thinking, like, like do they bring an Ultimo Dragon or something? Like, do they like who are they going to go to next, like, for this Jericho story? Because they keep pulling people from his past and stuff, I think. Well, like, the interesting thing, though, what threw me off was, like, I thought it was Pinnacle only. Like, I never even thought that he was going to pick anybody outside of the Pinnacle. I was thinking so Wardlow the, next also. Yeah. 100%. And yeah. so, like, when he said Nick Gage, it's like, oh, wow. So, like, we – and what I love, too, is, like – MJF used to work GCW. And so like, it's like he had to be like this dirty heel villain that had to get the most dangerous man in pro wrestling. And he had to make that phone call, a guy that he would never associate with, but was forced to, to stop Jericho. Like, I love that part of it. And then what I also love is that Jericho has to bring the pain maker to 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 face Nick Gage. And so it's like the story wise, it's not just Nick Gage versus Jericho. Like they've come up with a decent story. And uh and like this was just done in a couple of weeks. And that's what I love about AEW. Like so much of their stuff makes sense and they really build it up. Like we're already building up to homecoming. Cody and Malachi Black. Like there's always something to look forward to. You're not just buying a ticket to the next dynamite or the next this or the next that, like 
all this stuff means so much, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. I couldn't agree more there. That's something AEW is so good at is like, there's so many, there's so many long-term stories in the company that are constantly rewarding the fans that are watching each week. It's, you know, it's like one of these things where something could be happening on dynamite right in front of your eyes, but that's actually a part of a bigger story from like a few weeks or a few months from now. Yes. But like, but they don't forget about it. Like it's right. it's all part of it. Um, Chris Warden with the super chat says it really doesn't look like AEW was just treading water during the pandemic. Now that fans are back and they can tour, it's like they've hit an accelerator. And thank you, Chris, for the super chat. And and I couldn't agree more. With fans coming back, we've been saying this for a long time. Like they've been sitting on their hands on certain stuff because they're waiting for fans to come back to really do a lot of this cool stuff. And that also, I wanted to ask because we talked about it last week, and it has to do with this fans coming back. Now we're getting these these announcements that like CM Punk could be coming and Dana Bryan and all this stuff. I was saying last week, I think CM Punk versus Hangman Page is like that's such an awesome idea for a story. If, yeah. if we've turned Punk heel at some point, and I also think that a uh, CM Punk versus MJF would be money. With CM Punk as a babyface and. MJF is a heel. Like, what do you want to see? Like, what are, what are you thinking as far as like, now that this is like a legitimate possibility, we're getting these guys. Who do yeah. you want to see? Dan- is it still mainly like Brian Danielson and Omega is what you're thinking for him? And yeah, I mean, to me, I think Brian Danielson Omega is it's what has to happen. Um, I, and then I think that's a way that you could really still have a massive match without having the title on the line. If Omega loses, um, but I think there's so many different ways you can go with Brian Danielson, man. Like I, 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 we've seen him work heel if he really needs to, but these guys are going to be so over for a while. That's the tough part, right? But I, I do think a heel punk in AEW could really, really work, especially with guys like Dark Order and, um, like, Adam Page, as over as they are, like I, they need something. Because here's another thing, and this is very interesting going to Austin and Dallas. In Austin, Omega got pretty good heel heat, right? In Dallas, he was damn near a baby face. So it was, I found that weird dynamic that like certain people are over in different places and it wasn't universal. You know what I mean? Orange Cassidy yeah. universally over, doesn't matter where he goes, right? Darby, same thing. Sting, same thing. And like, honestly, I think kind of, I think having Jericho as the opener on TV was great. I think it was a mistake live because it totally killed the crowd for a while. They blew everything they had with singing Judas and then into that match. And then you brought out Nick Gage. And then it was like, okay, here comes Kaz and Doc Gallows. And you're just kind of like, okay, next. You know? Yeah, but you'd rather do that at the beginning than like in the second segment of the show. Yeah, I agree, but the main event was always going to have the fans no matter what because, one, Lance Archer was uh, the hometown guy. So, And, like, when they first announced the names, like when Justin Roberts was, like, hyping up the crowd with 10 minutes before we go live or whatever, like, um, he said Moxley's name, and it got a pretty big pop. He said Lance Archer's name, it got a way bigger pop. And I was like, oh, like, they're really here for him. But when the match came, it kind of played out like it was like still Moxley was still up more over, but definitely Archer had his fans. So um, it was interesting. Yeah, for sure. And then with like, you know, talking about like CM Punk 
potentially being a heel and stuff. I, like, obviously, when he comes in, he's going to get massive pops, right? Like, obviously, 100%. That's going to happen. Yeah. But I think AEW would be smart to turn him heel before that dies down too much because it will right. inevitably die down. Right. And, and especially because we don't know what he's going to look like in the ring and stuff. I really feel like he's going to have to change his in-ring style to be less MMA-based because I just don't, I just can't buy him throwing mm-hmm. spinning back fists and, and putting people in Anaconda Vices after what I saw in the UFC. But I'm also a small percentage of the fan base that probably, that even paid attention to his UFC run probably. But yeah, but, but that's why I think it's important. I think Brian Danielson's a different thing because he can just stay over like dream match after dream match or, you know, him versus all these young guys and stuff. I think he'll be way I more active. I expect him to heavily be involved in New Japan also. Like once yeah. the pandemic stops, I think he'll be in the G1 maybe. I think he'll face the like a Zack Sabre Jr. at like uh, Genesis or, you know, something like that, a Dominion. Exactly. Like, uh, he'll face Okada at a Dominion or something like that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if stuff like that happens. Yeah, for sure. So, like, I think Dan O'Brien's going to be way more active than CM Punk. I think Punk's going to be, like, some big stories. Yep. Uh, maybe he'll be around on the show, but I think it's going to be, like, his matches are going to be, like, really big deals only, like, a couple times a year. Um, and he can also really play into the character of, like, like, hey, I left this world seven years ago because I don't even like wrestling anymore. Like, I came right. back for the money and, yeah. to, and, to, and, to, and to stop this drunk cowboy from, from glorifying alcoholism. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no. you know, like, I, like I mean, it, I just feel like it would just work really well, especially because we've seen CM Punk. Remember in Ring of Honor when he signed with the WWE and he was wearing, like, the suits? And, yep. like I mean, if you did that mixed in with, like, the straight-edge society type stuff, and you even have access to Serena Deeb and Doc Gallows and probably yep. Joey Mercury because he's with Ring of Honor. Not only like, that, who, who has drug-free tattooed on his hands? Oh, Darby. Yeah. Darby. And, yeah. like, that would, be, that would be a big one. You know, he could be, like, under Punk's wing or whatever, you know? Yeah, there's so many possibilities. And this is another thing that I picked up on that I don't know if you picked up on. But I I was there and I saw it. So when Sting was doing his little kick thing, and then you know this yeah, was Cassidy, huge markout moment. Yes. Right, right. But Darby yells at Sting, like pay attention to the match, and then he gets rolled up on by Yuta. And so like I wonder if they're starting to show a little bit of dissension there, and maybe they will do a Darby versus Sting match coming up within the next like three months or so. Yeah. I'm interested to know when they'll, because inevitably that like, that's that match will happen between. The right. Two. It's just a matter of like how much longer is sting going to wrestle? Because I also think you still got to get through. Like, I think you got to do sting and Scorpio. I think they're going to have to kick sting out of the building. Honestly, like he seems like he's having such a great time. Like it's going to be, it's going to be hard for him to walk away. Yeah. And I hope he doesn't, I mean, I hope he doesn't have to, like... I mean, the thing is, it's not like his performances are bad. Like, no, like, thing. honestly, he looks like TNA Sting to me. Like, he doesn't Which look like anything different. Like, he looks... Yeah. He still looks athletic. He still looks like he can go if he needs to. Like, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah. Hell yeah. What was the super chat that we skipped over? I know we got... This was from Dirty. Um, he loves MMA, so we definitely got to talk about this just, uh, just for you, Dirty. Um, who's going to win between TJ and Sanhagen? Uh, I mean, I think everything leads towards Sanhagen, but, uh, I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. Like he's always been a great fighter and, uh, he's fought the style of Sanhagen before in Cody and Dominic Cruz. And, uh, he's really like pent up and pissed off. And I, I think he's definitely out to prove something. 
I definitely am leaning towards Sanhagen, but I wouldn't be shocked if TJ pulled off the upset. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. Like, I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances, the spinning head kick on Marias and the Nita um, Edgar. I mean, that's – if he can – no matter who you hit with those, you're going out. So, like, um, um, this is definitely an unworking contender fight. It's like, they're going to do uh, uh, Aljermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. you got the history of Sanhagen and, and – uh, um, Aljo, and then you've got the whole, you know, TJ being a former champion coming off the suspension and all that stuff. And it's also a bummer. I saw right before we went live that um, Baspin Ladd and Macy Chase on fight yeah. got scrapped. And that was potentially a number one contender fight also uh, for Aspen Ladd because now what I'm assuming is going to happen is, um, is, um, well, I cannot think of her name, uh, the girl who just got the knockout over Chukagian on the pay per view. Um, Aldana, I ran out yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll probably just get the next title shot now because Lad's gonna have to probably still fight somebody. So that's a bummer for Lad because because Chase on's the one who's hurt. So like Lad is just out of a number contender fight basically. So yeah, but thank you, Dirty, for the for the super chat on that. Always. Um, we got another super chat also from Brandon. So do you guys feel like AEW? You feel like the AEW spark is back? I feel like. How I did the night after Revolution 2020 again. There's so much hype back with AEW again. Yeah, I really do. And it's different too, Stephen, because like going to these shows live, it's like you really feel the growth. So when I was in Dallas the last time, three sections, and it's where you're facing, right? So you're on one side, you're facing the other. Three sections were completely empty. And when I came this time, like every, there was at least people in every section, like nothing was empty. Right. And so it's like, you feel, and, and there's so many other guys now that are over that weren't over their stars there that weren't there that are there now. Like, it just feels like, like they didn't lose anything during this pandemic. They they gained a bunch of people. They built stars. Was it the most like entertaining uh, to watch wrestling with not much of a crowd? Not really, but they weren't just a wrestling company either. And they, they really did do a lot. And when you go back and you see that highlight footage of them at Daly's Place, like it showed. You know, it showed how much they accomplished during the pandemic. And so it's crazy, too, because like and they'll and Justin Roberts will ask this too, like how many of you this is your first AEW show? And it is probably 70 percent of the crowd like they have converted a whole new audience. That's what people don't understand. And I think that they look at the ratings and they're just like, well, this or that, which I mean, they are going up, by the way. But like. Look at ticket sales. Ticket sales is a big indication of how successful a wrestling company is. Because if you can sell those tickets, and right now they're looking at like 5,500, 6,000 per dynamite, that's, that's pretty solid. And if you're looking at WWE, that's, that's maybe like they might be selling maybe a thousand, two thousand more at some of these Raws and SmackDowns. So, and I mean, they've only been around like three years. That's, that's what, that's really what matters the most in the whole conversation is like, there's, they're a company that continued to grow 
and got and I mean like to the point where like Turner is getting more hours of programming. Their merchandise flies off the racks. Their action figures are, are so, hot so commodities. Their merchandise completely sold out. Like yeah. there was nothing left. They sold yeah. everything. I, I mean, I totally believe it. I mean, that's the thing. Like all, it's like, and this is all their video games that come out probably this year. And it's like they're they're a company that's grown. And like we have to keep in mind, the company was just starting when the pandemic started. Yeah. Like they didn't have hardly any time of like going out there doing live dynamites and selling pay per view and stuff. Like this company was like pretty much brand new, and then they had to spend this last sixteen months. Like most companies probably just would have went under in that situation. One hundred, like just like this wouldn't even exist. It would have been like, oh damn, bad timing, unlucky. Like you were just yep. getting started, but now maybe we'll revisit in five years. Yeah, but this like they're thriving throughout it. I mean, it's yeah. like. And now we're getting on the other end of it. And a lot of these big things that they probably wanted to do for the last year and a half, they've been sitting on like the best ideas of that, of that bunch. And now they're like, okay, like now the fans are back and we're going to get right back to, to just catering to here's right. It's, it's like, that's the whole demographic thing. Like me and you are in a specific demographic. You can call it the, the 18 to 35 or the 18 to 49 or like whatever you want to call it. It's like, it's the, what I would consider to be quote unquote adult wrestling fans. If you have like a kid's demographic an adult demographic and an old people dem- demographic, like a 50 plus demo, we're like in the middle demographic. Yep. WWE, just to give a comparison, WWE is he- fo- heav- heavily focusing on the, the kid demographic and their parents, which is the old people demographic. The demographic in the middle, which could even be split up between young adults and, and adults if you wanted to get, like, specific. But the point is, it's like, they are, AEW is looking at fans like us and being like, let's just keep giving them what they're asking for. Like, like that's all they're doing, is keep, just keep giving them. And so, like, and then when you have other companies that just aren't, they're just completely ignoring us, Cause that's another thing I see people often. I saw I saw a report from Fightful earlier today. The headline was like, it was like Triple H is is going out and and really taking a, a hard look at how to bring in more of an audience. Yeah. It's like, well, the audience is still there. We're just watching other stuff. One hundred percent. If if you like actually took a chunk of your resources and, and thought about it and like catered to us, a lot of us would watch Raw and Dynamite. Yep. But a lot of us just completely gave up on Raw and only watched Dynamite out of those two shows. So, like, right. that's, that's what's mind-blowing to me, too, is, like, the the fan base is still here, but just watching other stuff. Right. So, like, you know, it's it's wild. But, but AEW, man, it's – and to, to just to kind of close up on the Super Chat, like, the buzz and the spark, it's definitely there. I don't think it went anywhere. It's just – it was just hard to – keep the same level of momentum for a brand new company that had to deal with a pandemic for the last year and a half, but yep. they did it. They did as good as they could have throughout that time. So. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I, I think too, like that they definitely hold on, they've held on certain storylines, right? We can't go there. So yeah. we're going to do this instead. We'll pivot to this. And then people are like, AEW should be doing Hangman and Omega by now or whatever. And it's like, dude, you don't get it. Like, they're waiting. They're waiting. And now we're here. You know what I mean? Forbidden door. People complained about it. They're not doing enough with this. They're only bringing over private party. It's like, no, just wait. Just wait until the fans well, come back. And then this the is the crazy thing, too, right? It's like, 
Name me a match outside of the WWE that cannot happen. Wait, wait. I don't understand. Name a like, match outside WWE that can't happen? That cannot happen. Oh, like like the answer is any of them can't happen right now. Anything right. can happen. Right. Exactly. Outside you can name me one match where you're like, yeah, there's no way that would happen. Anything can happen now. Exactly. Will Ospreay, when he's healthy, could just show up and attack Kenny Omega. That could happen. Kenny yeah. Omega could show up at Wrestle Kingdom and V-trigger Kota Ibushi. That could happen. Jay White shows up at Impact after Kenny Omega beats Sammy Callahan in a great match. That did happen. Like, any Matt Cardona is facing Nick freaking Gage in GCW. Like, What? And yet WWE is like not willing to do anything outside of their company. And Triple H is wondering why people don't want to watch. Like, what are you talking about? It's so funny. It's like, we're going to take a hard look at this. It's like, yeah, but it's not, there's not much to look at. It's like, there's, there's people you're writing your show for and there's people that you're ignoring and the fans you're ignoring are just watching other stuff. Chris doing the Bullet Club. Like this is this is nuts. This is crazy. Like, Wait, what did you say? I said Chris Bay joined the Bullet oh, Club. Well, he hasn't. Well, on the show he hasn't yet. But yes. Spoiler oh, okay. alert. Um, I thought I read yeah. something where he came out for the save and like he officially joined or something. Well, I don't think he. Well, he did help out Jay White tonight, but I don't think he did the. Spoiler alert! Yes, he's going to join the Bullet Club. He joined the okay. Bullet Club during the during the um the tapings. Yes. So there you go. Sorry about that, guys. But, like, this is crazy. There's literally anything can happen. The Briscoes could come and attack the Bucks. Like, anything can happen. Hell, so, yeah. And then the CM Punk thing, too, I didn't even mention. Another thing, him and If he feuds with Hangman, I know I keep going back to that. Right. But you have Colt Cabana in the Dark Order with Hangman. Like, you have a whole so other true. story. A of that. whole other story. I right definitely there. thought about, like, how Colt Cabana and CM Punk can work in the same company. So I'm hoping at this point they've kind of squashed it. I have no idea. But, you know, the whole thing has been sad to me from the beginning. Like, they were good friends. I hate to see, like, good friends be fighting over money and breaking up over that or distrust or whatever happened. But um, that's a good point. That's a very good point. And then Colt can definitely be like, you don't know who you're dealing with. Adam, like this guy is a different character. You know what I mean? Like, or he like, could turn really on him and Dark Order and go back with Punk, right? Like, I mean, like there's, there's a, there's that's the thing with a once again with AEW. There's layers to so much of this, and Tony Khan, as a fan like us, doesn't ignore these things. Like, right. he, like you know, if Punk, if Punk and CM Punk are on the screen at the same time in AEW guaranteed there's some sort of seed planted or something mentioned about their past outside of AEW. And like, Excalibur isn't going to let that go either, right? Like, he, right. he'll say something, too, that, you know, like Jim Ross, I still thought Nick Gage was in jail. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I can't stand that guy at this point. Um, but 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 even like like the Darby Allen and Ethan Page story, like most of the story was them just talking about their history before AEW, and it worked yeah. perfect. It, like, and and like it it made me feel respected as a wrestling fan. Yeah, you give me credit because I knew what happened in Evolve. I was I watched on their little streaming service thing that didn't work out or whatever. 
uh, Ethan Page and Darby WrestleMania weekend. Like, is that on Flow, Flow Sports? Yeah, Flow Sports. Yeah. As like I did that, like, and you're giving me credit for watching that, and you're acknowledging that this happened. Like, thank you. You know, that's exactly. what is so insulting to me with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Like, yes, I understand you say that they've had feuds and stuff, but you've never really gone into like how deep it was. I don't even think they've ever acknowledged that they were future shock and ring of honor. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's not even worth talking about a, or I'm sorry. It's definitely worth talking about AW. It's not even worth talking about NXT. Their world champion just showed up on raw and got beat by Jeff Hardy in like two minutes. Like a NXT just doesn't matter at this point. It's not even worth talking about. So this is a super chat from Chris Ward. We got to talk about one more MMA thing. Also, do you think Pena has a chance against Amanda Nunez or do you think she gets steamrolled and Doug of you side if you're getting ticks? So the funny thing is you can still get tickets if you want to. Like, it is not even close to sold out. Like, I can go on right now and get tickets if I wanted to. Um, I don't think I'm going to go to this. It's just there's not enough buzz. that The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard I don't think is that great. It seems like all their eggs are in the basket of September for International Fight Week. Well, and um, Gon and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Definitely. And, and, and to me though, that is ultimate disaster because you have a potential of Amanda steamrolling Pena. And then you have a potential of two, two of the pay-per-view fights. Most people don't know who they are. Like it just, it, it, it could be a rough one with the crowd and everything. And it also could be an amazing card. That's the way UFC is and fights take care of themselves. Right. But just from an excitement level, I'm not all that excited for it. So if I find a way like locally where I might find hookups for cheap tickets or maybe free tickets or something like that, I'll probably go. But otherwise, I'm not that excited for it. And I think Pena's got a decent shot. And I also thought it was interesting when I saw pictures of Amanda Nunez at Dynamite. She had a knee brace. And I don't know what that knee brace is for, but if a Pena keeps just constantly going for the shot – and taking her down and Amanda's having trouble with that, that could completely change the fight. So most people think I'm crazy to think Amanda or Pena has a decent shot, but I do think she has a decent shot. But are you like, if you had to make a prediction, you're still thinking Nunez. Oh, I, there's no way I would, I would actually pick Pena over Nunez, but okay, yeah. I'm just saying like, I think that it's better than like Megan Anderson or something like that. Yeah, and sometimes it can be surprising. Like, I remember when, um, like, uh, oh, what's her name? The girl who fought Cyborg, uh, Felicia Spencer. Yeah, like, yeah, every yeah. now and then you get someone like that in there who's, like, way tougher than you think. And it's they're like, yeah, game. that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, they're really game. Like, like Jermaine Duran to me, like, she gets a really bad rap because of the fly or the uh, featherweight she's title situation. She's a lot of problems. She's a really damn good fighter, really damn good. It's just she had the unfortunate timing of winning the featherweight title, not fighting Cyborg, and everyone just thought she was a punk, basically. And then she's proved that wrong. But to answer your, que- your question, Chris, I uh, I think Nunez is going to steamroll Payne. Yeah, I really do. So There you go. Um, so let's back to back to wrestling here. Um, just real quick, like, I know we, you don't want to talk about the WWE or anything like that, but I do have seen up on here. Yeah, we can talk about that. That's fine. Him and Goldberg, we can talk about a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So Cena coming back, um, very cool moment, right? I think they did it, did it really well. Um, money in the bank, people were happy. They felt like they had some momentum, right? 
like all of a sudden more people are going to pay attention. Cena announces that he's coming to Raw, and everybody's all hyped up. Like, okay, let's see what he has to say, and maybe he, uh, maybe he won't go and face Roman. Maybe he'll do something different, right? Um, and what does he do? Calls out Roman. The Roman match is made, right? And when you've got all these new eyeballs on on your product or people that decide to tune in, you lay the biggest egg that, I mean, the the cross-Jeff Hardy thing is just baffling to me, and it shows exactly what Vince thinks of NXT. And if they're willing to put their champion in jeopardy just to <clears throat> teach Karrion Cross a lesson – because that's basically what is being reported is he has some heel heat or something. Like, you could care less about that title. You absolutely could care less about that title. I, I honestly feel for Triple H, because he, he keeps trying to build these guys up, and when he gives them to Vince, Vince destroys them. I mean, that's just the honest answer, and how can you support that? And it just makes me so thankful for AEW, because, God, if this was all we had... Like, man, I mean, I feel like one of these, I feel like Impact or Ring of Honor or something would definitely be thriving more and they'd have more stars and it would be a way better product, but it would be nothing at the level of AEW is right now. So, but in general, like, this is my honest opinion and and it might be controversial, but if I was WWE, right, I would let go of all the indie guys, I, I'm done with it. Like, it didn't work. I failed. We tried to get that type of audience. They're going to AEW now. And then go get your football players. Go get your bodybuilders. Go teach them how to work. Use that as NXT because, honestly, I don't think their ratings will be that much different if they got rid of a bunch of the indie guys and they just put in other people because I think a lot of old people watch wrestling. So I think that they're really just watching whatever's on there. And – Instead of having 700,000, I think they might have 520,000, whatever. But do your developmental. Create another Roman Reigns. Create another John Cena. Create those type of guys because those are the ones you care about. You don't care about the indie guys. And then let those indie guys go and let them go be wherever they're going to be because in the long game, they don't care about these wrestlers. And they're not doing WWE any favors because the WWE isn't using them. So as a developmental, this thing is a joke. They're not developing anything. So that's my opinion. I, it's nothing against the guys. I love the guys, and I would love to see them thrive, but they're not going to use them there. They're not. Yeah, the carrying cross thing is like just baffling because, like, and I'm a big Jeff Hardy fan, like a really big Jeff Hardy fan. Like, I like I'm not ever upset with Jeff Hardy. Like, I actually preferred to see Jeff Hardy win personally over carrying cross, but but like, it just doesn't make any sense why. But you it's like do it's that. not it's not about cross. It's about NXT. He holds the title. That's no, I, I'm getting it. I'm getting there. Yeah. Oh, so okay. so so the thing is like. When when you do something like what Vince did with Karrion Cross on Monday, all you're telling me is that NXT doesn't matter. That's yes. all you're telling me. I'd be, I'd watch NXT every Tuesday before our our normal time for the show. I've been watching it the last few weeks. I didn't even bother this past Tuesday because I'd just seen their champion on Raw and what they did with them, and they made it crystal clear to me NXT just doesn't matter. Like, don't bother watching NXT. 
Like, don't get invested. There's in no these way people. you can buy him as a threat, right? So, like, when Samoa Joe is talking about, I want Cross, I want Cross, it's like, okay, that's not a big deal. He just got beaten a minute and 40 seconds by Jeff Hardy. What is exactly? And I feel real bad for Samoa Joe because I bet you his return to the WWE was contingent on him getting that NXT title and being the one to be carrying Cross and making it a big deal and making him the face of that of that brand again. And now nobody's going to care because we just saw that guy get beat by Jeff Hardy in, in two minutes or whatever. And, so. and Adam Cole, I mean, and Brian Danielson, CM Punk going to show up in AEW and he's walking around with his NXT title and nobody cares. Like, it's, it's wild, man. Yep. And I think what happened with him is one of two things. One option that I think is probably really likely is Vince, like they had Karrion Cross do some of those tryout matches before Raw, and they made they made their mind up, like, we're going to bring him up, like, no matter what, and we're going to get the title on this Samoa Joe, and he's going to be with us. And Vince saw him, and he was like, this is the guy. Like, this is supposed to be my next Brock Lesnar, my next Goldberg, my next Lashley, my next Cena. It's like, this guy isn't them. Like, no. Like, he's going to go out there and he's going to lose to Jeff Hardy. And he's going to be a mid-card guy. And we're going to take his valet from him who, like, makes his, like, half the act. And, like, and so and he probably just soured on him immediately. Or, which uh, this is the joke scenario, but, like, knowing how insane Vince McMahon is these days, for all we know, they were sitting around at dinner last week, him, Triple H, and the family, and Vince asked Triple H to pass the mashed potatoes, and Triple H didn't, and he's like, oh, I'll show you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Something so petty like that, yeah, right? Yeah, just like, because he can. Like, all right, Hunter, like, I'm kind of pissed in, off at you. Triple H parked in Vince's parking spot. He's like, yeah, all right. You know, because another thing that's proved, Vince does not pay attention to NXT. He's not watching the show. No way. He doesn't care. He does not care at all. <laughs> so, well, and then so we're Scarlet. We're Scarlet. Like that's right. a package deal. Like, and you can't get anybody over if you job them out in two minutes. Like it would. It's just the dumbest idea I've ever seen. And like, and then oh, let's talk about Keith Lee, right? Like, yep. why have that guy out for six, seven months, only to like? lose to Bobby Lashley. I mean, Bobby Lashley could beat anybody. Why bring Keith Lee out? What, what is the point in that? And honestly, if you built that thing, people would be more interested in Keith Lee versus Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam than Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. Yeah. I, I, uh, cause like they could have had Keith Lee. I mean, so here's the thing. Bobby Lashley should have beat Keith Lee, right? But Keith Lee yeah. should not have been in the match to begin with. That's the thing. 100%. He should have. He should have just wrestled someone else and beat him. But honestly, whatever it was between Keith Lee and the WWE, I don't know what the situation was. I don't know why he was off TV so long. I don't know if it was medical. I don't know if it was personal. I don't know if it was him versus the company. I have no idea. But regardless, Mr. Man still sees Keith Lee the same way he did before. It's the same mindset of the same guy who he sent back to the PC to learn how to work differently. Then, like, stop doing all the stuff that got you so over. Like, what's what's bring you back and show you how to how to really work you know like vince probably just doesn't see a star in him it's that simple if vince does not think you're a star you're dead you're dead in in the water with the but, but, but this is my thing if you're dead then release them oh but, like, not, but why why would i mean they could so some of these guys but like it's like they know that certain wrestlers are still going to be so valuable enough outside of their company they don't they don't want to just let everyone go so they just pay them to to be bid carters yeah. 
And then not only that, that I personally, I personally think that they try to make them like book them to where they're not as popular when they get out. And, and so they don't have as much interest by the time that they're done. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's only silver lining in some of the releases sometimes is like certain wrestlers didn't have enough. Like I bring up Kurt Stein as as the example for like the latest batch of releases. Like he wasn't around long enough to get ruined by the company, but there are people where like they get released from the WWE and you're just like, like someone like, uh, like Fandango or something. I don't know. Yeah. Someone that I've seen just lose so many times over the years that it's just like, I don't really care if I see him in Impact or or anywhere else. Right. Kurt Stallion, like he wasn't there long enough for them to ruin him. So like, he's still going to be okay. So like, but it's wild that it's like, it's like a punishment, like having to be with the WWE long enough for them to ruin you. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's wild. But that's and what it is. the funny thing is, is they only want to sign long-term deals now, like three and five-year deals, because like they're afraid that they'll go to the other competition. When some of these wrestlers, if I'm being dead honest, and this is once again, it's just speculation. It's just my own gut feeling. Some of these wrestlers, I think, only sign with the WWE because their spouses are already there. Yeah, you know, so it's like you know, they're just like, well, I can, it'll be a much better life for me outside of wrestling. I'll at least be with my husband or wife or whatever. Right. But, you know, but like they, they're just, they're just, the trade off is their professional career might take a hit. They, they might make some good money, but like they're going to wind up just getting jobbed out or not used or whatever um, to the Speaking same degree that, they would elsewhere. Do you think that we see AJ Lee in AEW? I legitimately don't care. I really don't. Um, and, and the but, reason I say that is I, there's just she has a, a decent fan base, and yeah, like, sure. and so like, it's not that I want it. It's just the fact of like, <laughs> if Punk is happy there, and they bring in someone like an AJ Lee, do you think that that's a possibility, or do you think she's just completely done with wrestling? If she can still go in the ring, I'm fine with it. But yeah. if she or or if she wants to be like a valet for CM Punk or something like that's fine because I'm because I'm okay with you know for them bringing the realism the realism aspect of that knowing that they're together and everything I'd be fine with seeing them on the screen together but like um, if she's not great if she's not great see here's the thing with AJ Lee right like she has a big fan base and I'm like really surprised about that because I never thought she was like that good. Like, yeah. you know, I, I know she got over with, like, some of the stories on the show, like, the whole, like, love triangles and stuff on the show, yeah. and, like, the general manager stuff and all that. But I never thought she was, like, some, like, insanely talented in-ring wrestler. She was, like, okay. But, I mean, that's kind of just where I'm at with it. It's, like, if she's really good in the ring and she can have good matches with, like, Britt Baker and and uh, Thunder Rosa, who's finally officially all elite and... And all, I mean, if she can do that, then I'm all for it. But if she comes back and she's, like, not going to be, like, a great, like, in-ring wrestler in that division, I, I she's not – I'll put it this way. This isn't, like, a knock on her. Personally speaking, like, AJ Lee is not a draw for me. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Britt Baker is a draw for me. Yeah. Like, Charlotte Flair even is a draw for me. Yeah. But I don't see AJ Lee in that same, in that same light, personally. No, I feel you. I just do think, though, that she's – she retired, right? But like, she retired from the WWE. So like, if she still has desire to wrestle, then I think AEW could definitely be a possibility. Yeah. Well, once again, speaking of spouses, that's exactly. It's the same kind of thing when like, like I'm 
I'm not gonna lie, like it, it as a fan, it kind of bums me out that like Blake Christian's in the WWE because yeah, I just don't think absolutely. they're gonna know what the hell to do with them. Alex Zane but, too, but like, but Blake Christian's girlfriend's there. You know, so it's like he's probably very, and so is Alex Zane, which you just mentioned. They're best friends. I mean, outside of the ring, they're probably living great lives. So, like, who yeah. am I to be like that's a bad decision? But as a fan of their of their art, it's that's yeah. where I get bummed out. It's like I just know they're not gonna. Alex Zane has some, the 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 saving grace for Alex Zane is he's a bigger guy than people yep. realize. Um, but Blake Christian. He could be massive in in the world of wrestling, but he's just. I think that he'll get pigeonholed as too small. Like like if Ricochet is at the level he's at, I just don't see them doing more with Blake Christian than they would with like Ricochet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So definitely no. I mean it's, but it's it sucks for me because like I just started to notice Alex Zane, and then like he he was starting to work some New Japan stuff, and then like all of a sudden he was signed by the WWE, and I was like, uh, you know, like. I would have liked to seen him in some other, you know, stuff. But like, here's the thing: going to indie shows and like being in buildings that are like 85, 90 degrees, and probably only getting paid like two hundred bucks or whatever it is. I don't know. And that's some, maybe the merch and everything. I'm talking like way less. Some, yeah. yes, some way less than that, even though some yeah, of them are yeah, so, losing money to do these shows. Right, for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to be nice here, Steve. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> there are there are some wrestlers that are actually doing really well i mean some yeah, of them yeah, yeah, are yeah. thousands just to book them i mean it's not everybody but it's like but yeah. you've got guaranteed money with wwe and you've got a comfortable place and all this stuff like i get it i get why they would do it but um yeah it's, it's definitely a bummer especially when you know they're not going to use them like that's what's so frustrating and yes. like that's what's so exciting to me like with malachi black like that guy is ridiculously creative and so, like, that the, you're going to actually let him go out there and do what he really wants to do? Like, no telling what he's going to come up with. And I love the dynamic of, like, Cody in the white and him in the black. Like, it it, it definitely – I saw someone post, like, a, a picture of them as, like, Jedis. And it, it, it kind of reminded me of that. You know what I mean? And so um, I just think they're smart, man. I just think they know what they're doing. And I think as long as you can give guys – something that they really believe in and want to be behind, then uh, that that that's where the money happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm, another thing that's so cool about that particular story, it's the classic, you know, good guy in white, bad guy in black type thing, except AEW is playing 4D chess with us. Cody's actually the heel. <laughs> like, that, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing. Like, like Malachi Black's even alluded to it. He's like, when I kicked you in the face, they all cheered. Yeah, like you know what I mean. It's yeah. like you can try as hard not as you that, want to be the good guy here. They want to see me. Like that's and, like, and not only that, this is another one of those long term acknowledgments. Is that he basically gave Cody the same promo that Cody gave Dustin for Double or Nothing in 2019? That it's over. You're not the same guy anymore. It's time to. And then he told Cody, "I saw it in your eyes. It's not there. It's over." And Cody, that flipped Cody out. That really pissed Cody off. And that's that long-term booking and acknowledging stories from previous past. Like, and they did that all the time with um, with the Bullet Club, right? Like with the Elite, they still do that with the Elite. Like, if you've been a fan of the Elite from the from the BTE days, like way back in the day, you'll they'll still throw little Easter eggs here and there 
to acknowledge like, hey, you know, we still remember this. You know what I mean? It's not like whatever's happened in AEW is the only thing that's happened, you know? And, and that's another thing of why I love that guys can keep their names too, because it's like you're acknowledging that, 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 that who they sign in AEW is what they got from the indies as well. Like it's not just this new character we created, you know what I mean? So I, I just think that that's huge. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's also a reason why I think that, you know, everything you said is totally true about like, you, there's definitely motivations, even especially monetarily, to sign with the WWE if you're on the Indies, for sure. So, I mean, so there are some indie guys that are making good enough money that they don't even care one way or another if they get signed. But for most of them, it's going to be very hard to turn down a WWE offer. It's just going to be hard. It's life-changing money for most of them. Yeah. And, and working for somewhere that most of them were fans of as a kid. Right. But, but we're in this era now where there's so many options and there's money so many places that – we're seeing it happen where there are guys that are, that are getting those offers and they're, they're turning them down because it's the longer play of like, all right, I might struggle a little bit longer. I might not make a lot of money for the next few months, but if I can get on AEW dark or if I can, if I can create enough buzz for myself, like Wheeler Yuta is, he'll yeah. get signed. He'll get signed to AEW if he hasn't been. Yeah, on. I agree. Like, like, and he was a dude who I've watched for years. The first time I saw him wrestle was in a little studio room uh, in front of literally probably 15 people, like no joke. And, and he, and he was good then. This was like three, four years ago. Yeah. He was good then, but he's gotten way better. And he's just now kind of like breaking out. But for AEW, for AEW fans, for mainstream fans, he is completely unknown. Yep. So all they've seen is this dude going out there and having these like really solid matches. He's getting endorsed by Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor, who like helped train him and stuff. And it's like, but but if Wheeler Yuta would have been like, I'm not saying this was the case for him, but I do know it's the case for others very similar to him. Where like if WWE can't, because I know I think Wheeler did a, a tryout for the WWE last year. He did. And if they offered him something, this is a perfect example of like if he if he said no, he's probably so happy right now. Yeah. Because he, he's still going to make comparable money with AEW, but he'll get to keep his name. He'll get to keep everything about him that makes him him. He'll probably and, I mean, be able to still work indies if he wants to. Exactly. Like, there's a and lot I mean, of that. So, and there's, you know, there are names of, of wrestlers that I know people watch on the indies right now, and they're going, how in the world is this person not signed? Some yep. of those people, they've been offered. And they're yeah. and they're doing exactly what I'm talking about. There, it's not all necessarily AEW either. It's like, it's like it's AEW and New Japan or well, what I didn't all realize, these places can make money. I didn't realize that Daniel Garcia was trained by the Blade. Yeah, yeah, and he's the protege uh, or the he Robert Martyr is Daniel Garcia's protege, and Robert Martyr is starting to break out also. So that yeah. tree there is like, yeah, super super talented. And so like, Pepper Parks, like when he was. Pepper Park before the Blade. Yeah. He, had a, he yeah. had a lot of clout, like pre-Blade is like a totally different guy, um, which is kind of wild. Now he's reinvented himself. Also. Yeah, I went back and, you know, I was YouTube hunting and stuff, and uh, I uh, I saw an interview with Daniel Garcia back in like 2018, and they were interviewing his trainer, and I was like, man, why does that guy look so familiar? But he had like blonde he, hair he didn't or exist back then, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I was just like, man, who is that? And then I was like, 
that's the blade. And then it started, but, but to me, it's like, he already has connections there. If he, if he's going to go there, you know what I mean? So well, he's done some dark also. Yeah, he has. I know. Yeah, he'll, he, did he'll be... the, he did it with the dude that's all tatted up too. The tag right. team. Oh, Kevin Blackwood. He's yes. solid. He's really solid yeah. too. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's the thing I, I saw. Um, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Tony Khan talking about it. It was someone that represents AEW or one of the wrestlers. They were talking about, and I know that, like, I know it sounds like it is. I'm not, this isn't necessarily like all WWE versus AEW. It's just WWE is, that's the reference point because they're the standard for forever. So, like, that's the, so, but like, so you look at like what they're doing with NXT, not building any new talent, championship doesn't matter. Don't bother watching the show is basically the message I get based on how I view NXT at this point, right? Yeah. AEW, you get put on dark or dark yep. elevation, you do your thing, and the fans will decide if they want you or not. And, right. and, and that's, and that's, and you will learn on the fly in front of people. You're not going to be hidden in a warehouse or in a performance center or in front of just a few people at full sale or whatever. They will put you in the front of the same audience that watches Dynamite. And they will they will give you your shot. And if you need more you than know, one shot, you keep coming back. And if you get good enough, or you make enough of an impact, like Wheeler Yuta, you wind up on Dynamite. Like it's do you so know much who more. Really, uh, who's really thrived in dark the past two weeks for me is Dante Martin. I mean, yeah. he he they teamed him with the Varsity Blondes um, yesterday. And he did like a, the flip to the outside, like the running flip to the outside uh, over the top turnbuckle. And I mean, the crowd popped huge for it. And like every time that kid is done, like everybody's really happy they watch that match. Like he's he's done a really good job. You were saying uh, Dante Mark, because the other one is injured currently, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I always get them confused. One of them was Airwolf on the Indies. I think that was their. Was it Darius? I think Darius was Airwolf, and Dante is the younger brother, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and see, I didn't even know about Dante until AEW. Like, I knew about Darius because of no the cool. Airwolf character, but I'd yep. never seen Dante. Didn't even know he had a brother. And, dude, just talk about your future. I mean, those both of those guys as singles and as a tag team, they're going to be – Set. Well, what's crazy is, is like the Bucks just signed them and faced them on Dynamite. Like that's what they did. Like it, it, anything can happen. I mean, we absolutely could see Ninja Mac or a Jack Cartwheel or a Dante Leone just all of a sudden just pop up. Like because they know who these people are. That's what I love. They're not sending some like they're not Vince isn't sending William Regal to go. Look and see, like, hey, who's good out there? Go get me some guys. You know what I mean? Like, Tony knows about them. Tony's probably watching GCW Homecoming this weekend. Like, that that's that's what I love. They, they he is one of us. Yes, and and the fan base is, and I, I had this conversation like weeks ago with somebody that's mainly a WWE fan that like doesn't really. Doesn't, I mean, they obviously very aware of AEW, but they don't really watch it. They still don't, they still haven't bought into AEW basically, yeah. but they're still watching WWE every week. And that, that was one of the conversations I had with this dude. I was like, I was talking about, I think I might have been talking about Nick Age specifically. If not, it was somebody along those lines, another guy who's big on the indies, like an RSP or something. I don't know. I right, can't remember right, what right. I was talking about, but 
and Nick Gage obviously has a little bit of an advantage in this conversation because he's in the Dark Side of the Ring episode and stuff. He's going to have a little bit more crossover for people who watch that show. Yeah. Regardless, the the thing this guy kept trying to tell me was like, only a small percentage of the fans are going to know who these guys are. Like when they come out, it's not going to be like what you think. And I'm like, and now I'm sitting there going, you watch uh, Dynamite yesterday when Nick Gage came out? Like it's not like the place was pretty loud. And guess what? Even if, even if 30% of the, of the audience is like smart Mark nerd fan enough to know him, the rest of the audience will hear how that much of the crowd is responding. And they're going to immediately go, what don't I get about this? Like they're going to start cheering because other people are cheering. And now they got to know like why this guy's like, why is he so over? Like, how do I not know about this? And it creates, and it's it's funny. I'm going to give the guy so much credit on this channel. PS Power talks about it in his videos. I swear, I, I kid you not. It's the it's the big brother versus the little brother syndrome. Yep. The WWE is the little brother where you're watching that going. Oh, I don't think that that's cool. AEW creates the big brother syndrome where you're you're watching it, and if you're not in on on why people like what they're watching so much, you you're like you want to be cool too, like your older yep. brother. Like you want to know why they like that so much. And now all of a sudden you're interested and you're cheering along with them just because it's like, oh, the cool fans think that this is cool. Like I'm going to, I need to find out what this is all about. Yeah. Like, and it, and it's just. Well, and that's my thing is it's like, and that's why I think punk and Daniel Bryan is such a significant ad because I feel like there's a lot of fans that know that like AEW is looked at as the cool show. Right. But they Mm -hmm. still don't want to watch it. Like, they just, they're like, eh, you know, whatever. But, like, when Punk and Brian go, then it's like, I need to watch this. Like, I've got to figure something out. Like, I'm going to go ahead and give this a chance. And then when they start to see all the other stuff around it, it's going to be like, oh, wow. Oh, I never get this on Raw. Or, oh, man, you know. Exactly. Like you're gonna tune in seeing I'm just standing for a minute because I've been sitting for so long today, but you're I'm you're like, he's had enough. He's ready to shoot. <laughs> no, no, you uh I should have a light that would work better than this, but I'm gonna sit back down in a minute. But oh there you go. Um but that's the thing. Like even for that, like let's say you like you're mentioning, you don't watch AEW at all. You're just you're strictly WWE, but then you find out your favorite wrestler, Daniel Bryan, is now wrestling on AEW, even if you tune in just for that, you will because the AEW is also going to be smart about it. Daniel Bryan will be like at the end of the show, so you'll be sitting there going, "Wait, Jungle Boy? Like this guy's awesome. I never. Why wasn't he in NXT? Like what? Darby Allen? Like what the hell? Like yep. this guy's incredible. Like Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Like I mean, just." I've never heard of the Young Bucks, but I've never actually watched them. And Adam now Page. I see why everybody is. And you you get this. You'll be seeing so many people before you see Daniel Bryan that that hopefully, for AEW's sake, you'll get hooked into becoming a regular viewer of the show. Um, yep. Versus, once again, like WWE doing the opposite, where they bring back people like Goldberg and go, well, we're going to try to pop a rating one week, but... um. You know, we're admitting to you guys that all of the former stars that we keep bringing back, those are the real stars. The the people you see every week on 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 Raw, they're actually a bunch of losers that aren't as good as the 50-year-old men that we keep bringing back. So 
Look how they handled Sting, right? I mean, they yeah. could have put Sting right in the title position and tried to see if they can give him the title and all that stuff. Or they're Undertaker. not going to do that. You know? I know yeah. you would love that, but they're not yeah. going to do that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the, they – but they know how to use Sting to where people still pop for him. They still enjoy seeing him and the whole the whole deal. So it's just a different ball game, man. But like to me, it's like, man, we don't have anybody. We gotta call Goldberg. Goldberg. And, to, and I'm just gonna say this real quick about the whole Goldberg thing, right? Grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Me yep. right here, Jewish. Like I'm just saying, like for me growing up Jewish, like there wasn't very many like guys to really look up to in like this world. Like right. it was the stereotypical, like Jewish lawyer on a show or like in wrestling it was like Barry Horowitz, just like the jobber of all jobbers. Like there wasn't a, there was other wrestlers that were Jewish. Like, like I think Randy Savage was born Jewish. I think Raven's Jewish and stuff, but they weren't like Goldberg. Like that is a Jewish ass name. Like Goldberg. Right. Like, you had him hanging out with Mark McGuire when McGuire was hitting 60-something home runs a season. You had the monster truck and the gravedigger truck with Goldberg on it. And I was, on top of it all, I was WCW loyal. I was hardcore yeah. WCW, favorite company ever. And I don't want to see Goldberg anymore. Right. Like, I can only imagine what people that already didn't like him were thinking when they see this, like if, if I don't want to see it anymore, nobody wants to see it anymore. Yeah. Like, and that's just where it's at. Like what, who, who well, is that? Like, okay. So say, say you're watching SummerSlam, right. And there's, I don't know. Robert Rude is like running down the crowd and then Goldberg comes out and he gives him a jackhammer and a spear and a jackhammer. Right. And he just leaves. And people got their Goldberg moment. They got to chant Goldberg, and he left. And that's it. And it doesn't affect the show. It doesn't affect the title. Nothing like that. You just move on. Like, that's where he, where he should be right now. Right. Not, But not coming in and potentially beating Bobby Lashley. Um, and even if Lashley beats him, like, who cares? Last time the audience saw Goldberg, he got beat clean by Drew McIntyre. So it's like, okay, so just loses, then comes back and just title shot because he just raised his hand. Like, okay, I'll come back for a title shot. Well, like, it, 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 I mean, is it completely out of the question that Goldberg is going to lose? No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is either, and I think no. that's a disaster. Oh, yeah, I mean, if they put the belt on Goldberg, it's like what, what I think is possible, I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg eventually like because wow. i don't because i don't see big e beating roman yeah but even I, for mania i don't think so i yeah. don't think so i mean i'm not saying he shouldn't i'm just saying no, no like, i know what you mean i know yeah. what you mean. um i wouldn't have i wouldn't have i mean i think roman like needs to beat the rock if they do that match he needs, he needs to win that i mean they they that win i mean big e wouldn't be the, a bad choice like they really could make big e a much bigger singles star with oh, yeah. the win over Roman. But it's also like Biggie's been on the show for a decade or whatever. At this but can point. this company build from here on out all the way to Mania to make Biggie look like the legit threat that is going to beat Roman? 
Possibly. And, I'm, and I, I think that they can make him look – I think even if they didn't do that, if he cashed in right now, I think, like, the fan base would, would be happy about it. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, But my point is more so, like, I think that whoever beats Roman after this run that Roman's on – it needs to be someone who like hasn't been exposed to this to the audience for so long already. Who's already like, like Biggie's <clears throat> Biggie would be fine to be the champion right now, regardless. Like, I think Roman needs to lose to like, like an Adam Cole type guy, like someone who hasn't been on the show, someone that you're right. gonna like really put a lot of eggs in this basket. Like, so I'm somebody not from NXT. Well, but, or or if you can get somebody from outside of the company to yeah. like that's got a lot of buzz at some point or something, I don't know. I, but that's a big part of the overall problem with the WWE. <clears throat> they have very few people. You have you have the 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 former stars that that come back every now and then. So you have like the Cena's, Rocks, Goldberg's, Lesnar's kind of level up here. And then you have a little bit below it, so we'll keep them up there. You got, like, Roman, like, around here. Like, no one else. And then, like, Roman around here. And then everybody else is, like, way down here. Um, So, you know, you can't even – they've done such a piss-poor job of, like, building talent that that there isn't – now, NXT in a perfect world, this would be how it was set up. You'd have, like – No, agreed. I mean, and, and Karrion Cross had not just lost to Jeff Hardy, and I also don't think Karrion Cross is that great in the ring, but, like, he's a guy that's, like, maybe it should have been him. I mean, yeah. like, there's, you know, just books the right way. Like, it creates someone, but that's that's a whole other conversation itself. But I, I just, I, the reason I we even went, uh, I started talking about that was because Goldberg, I think it's more likely that Big E beats Goldberg than Big E beats um, Lashley or... Um, or Roman, you know what I mean? I think I think it's where I'm kind of like on the fence because they, you know, they really pushed Big E Mania for a while last year, and then it's like they give him the money in the bank. They don't have anything after Cena, and I feel like with Big E, like uh, he's still young, where they could, they could still use him. Um, I also feel like we are in a, a day and age where like corporations might want more representation. And so I think Big E has that in his favor as well. So just from a corporate standpoint, from a business standpoint, I could see WWE trying to do that to try to get rid of that stigma that they have. So I don't know. I, I still feel like we could get Big E and Roman at Mania. Um but man, I could see them screwing this thing up so bad too. Like, it, yeah, it, it's hard to say. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I want to make this clear too. I think Biggie should win the world title. Right, like, I think he should. Um, yep. I just don't think it should be at the expense of what they've built with Roman. I just think I that agree. should be reserved for a different scenario. But luckily for the WWE, you got two world title belts, so yep. I don't care who he beats for the WWE title. Um, well, I mean, let's be honest. Like a built-up Bobby Lashley versus Big E would be awesome too. Yeah, and I got nothing against Lashley. I, I think he's still, you know, awful on the microphone. But every now and then they let MVP talk for him, which is which <laughs> well, should happen Lashley's every time. He's like forty-five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not like the future of your company either. Yeah. That's part of this too. I mean, and he had the MMA career that takes years off of you. I mean, like, but at least they. 
like I, I really liked the uh, the Lashley and Kingston match at the pay per view. I like that he just squashed him. Like every now and then, I'm totally fine with something like that. Like create yeah. outliers, create people that like. And I know you haven't been big on the guy. I'm seeing. I think Omos is solid, dude. Man. I do for a dude who's that big. He doesn't have to do a whole lot. Yeah. And and AJ is clearly like the best person you could have with him. So. Maybe it's Omos one day over Roman or something. I don't know. But, like, that dude is – if he stays healthy – and he's got Kevin Nash, like, like, like helping him out in the PC now, which people can say what they want about Kevin Nash. is Like, is he a good in-ring wrestler or not? But as far as – I mean, Nash is the, is the master of doing hardly anything but making everything he does matter and getting reactions from people. He's the real Orange Cassidy. Right, yeah, right. But, but but he's who you want. I mean, it's like it's wild because you have Diesel and Sean literally helping AJ and Omos. It's like the yeah. old version of this helping the yeah. new version of this. So true. Um, and um and so I I just want to put that out there too. Like I think there are some kind of sleepers in there, and the, that the WWE does have a sign. This dude, Odyssey Jones. I don't know if you've seen him. Um, he's he's worked on. It's funny because his first match was on Two Hundred Five Live. The guy probably weighs. 350 pounds but but odyssey jones and it's and it's wild because what i'm going to say right now i need to preface this what i'm about to say is not is not meant to be racist i just feel like i have to say it i'm like, a little just, nervous now well no people are calling odyssey jones the next mark henry and some people take okay. offense to that okay this dude looks almost identical to mark henry just on like okay. the looks test looks very similar the dude does the world's strongest slam as his finishing move and wears the Nation of Domination stripe colors. Like, the wow, exact wow. – I mean, he is – like, there's no way to not compare him to Mark Henry. Right. Like, he's – like, it would be like if Dolph Ziggler came out wearing hearts all over his tights and was, like, tuning up the band. People would all be saying, oh, this is, like, the next Shawn Michaels. Like, right. it's – but but so I just needed to make that clear. And But the reason I bring him up is because that dude has a lot of potential. He's a big dude who moves around really well for a guy his size – and Mark Henry's an AEW. Like, he could totally fill that spot. Like, there's they have potential guys that are, like, really under the radar right now in the WWE system that I think could be pretty big stars. But what, what about but none of them are getting developed from the PC. <laughs> like, that's right. the what, what, about, what about Walter? Um, I think Walter would be f in the A if you showed up on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> like, he would be the perfect guy to beat a Roman. Well, it would be awesome, but but we already know what they I think know, of I him. know, he, I know. They he, suck. I get well, it. No, well, no, no, no. He, no. Did you, do you remember Walter was, like, in the Survivor Series match? Yeah. Like, and he got yeah. beat in, like, three seconds by Strowman or something. It was, like, once again, it was WWE and, and Vince just proving their point. Like, yeah. I know you like NXT UK, but it doesn't matter. It just doesn't. Yeah. Um, now I will say this: um, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. That yep. their, their match last year was yep. awesome. Probably my yep. favorite match of twenty twenty. I like and that they're doing it again. They're doing it again, and they and they held it off for fans. They're doing it at Takeover in front of fans. They were supposed to do it like next week or something on NXT UK. They're 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 doing it in front of fans instead, which is a smart move. That match will rule. But I don't think beyond NXT UK and possibly NXT itself. Walter's career is done if he shows up on Raw or SmackDown. He is just another, in Vince's eyes, he's just another generic dude, mid-card level. Like, if you don't know what to do with Keith Lee, you're not going to know what to do with Walter. Yeah. You know, so. 
Yeah. Although I will admit, honestly, I think Keith Lee's in the worst shape I've ever seen him in. Like he looks way too big at this point. And I, I, he just looks like a guy to me that, that is not happy, just wants, wants to be done. I don't want to speak to that because I don't know what's going on with him and like what the whole no, situation is. No, I don't know what's going been, on with him. But I mean, just like from what I've seen to what he used to look like in the Indies to where he is now, he, he doesn't look like he's in the best shape of his life. Well, I mean, I'd imagine he's probably not super motivated. I mean, right. I, I mean, I'd be tough for me to keep motivation. Once again, speculation. I don't know, but like, I right. It's like, so I did have a question. What what is Nick Gage in AEW look like? Are we getting just an absolute PG version of Nick Gage? Like, what do you think? So one thing that's in, that will be interesting for people is I've watched Nick Gage at shows that he couldn't do any of his normal stuff. He couldn't okay. do pizza cutter, couldn't nothing. I've seen him in a, actually a, a couple different – well, I've seen him live a few different times, but um, – the there's been two times that I saw him in settings where one of the shows was, I know they were specifically told that like, Hey, we don't want blood in the venue. Cause they were actually going to have like a band come in to play a show like that same day. So they were like, they couldn't. Yeah. So like Nick just couldn't do some of that stuff. The other time though, the even better example was I saw him at a high school charity show in Chattanooga, Tennessee in front of all kids. And it was in a high school. And so he couldn't do any of this stuff. He fought through like the, the, like the stands and stuff. You know, yeah, little, yeah. 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 But I kid you not. And when that show ended, just based on the connection he made with the crowd coming out and dabbing everyone up and hugging the fans and the whole deal, the things that he does. And then the match itself wound up being really fun to watch after the show, when all the wrestlers were signing autographs and pictures and all this stuff, the line of kids for Nick Gage was like quadrupled the line for the next closest person. It was wow. like it was all in, in the in the 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 tagline that comes from that, and people say it on Twitter all the time. And I think it stems from the show I was at. Is Nick Gage is for the kids? Like that's like the it's like almost like a joke. It's Nick Gage is for the kids. Basically, it doesn't matter if he's using pizza cutters or if he's going through glass or hitting people with fluorescent light tubes or if he's in a high school gym. He knows how to get over with fans. Wow. So um, I think in AEW, I think that this Jericho match will be pretty brutal. Because I th- yeah. And I think that's more so because I think Jericho wants to prove that he can do that stuff too. Because imagine, imagine if Jericho was like, you know what, screw it. Like, you know what, I'm getting a little bit stale right now. They're going to see me and Nick Gage on Dynamite. And then I'm going to ask Tony Khan if I can just – me and – me and name any wrestler you want. Me and G Raver at GCW or something. Like, just like, why not? Like, why we're living in a world where we can just do this stuff now? No, I, like, agree. I agree. But, but I'm saying this is for my talking is Jericho. It's it's like, you know, if you feel like you're getting kind of stale, you can reinvent yourself again as a deathmatch wrestler if you wanted to. I mean, yeah. like this dude. But so I think I think the match with with uh, Jericho will be pretty brutal. I think they'll build something with him and Moxley that'll be really brutal. But I think outside of that, if he can just connect with the audience, as long, and as long as they keep him similar to Eddie Kingston, almost as almost kind of an attraction. Like he's not yeah. there every week. When he's there, he's not always wrestling. But when he's wrestling, it's a big deal. If they can do that with Nick like, Gage. Can you imagine if they'd have put him in the blood and guts match? 
Who, Nick Gage? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would have been nuts. Like, But like, I also think Nick Gage is going to beat the hell out of MJF after he's done dealing with MJF. <laughs> like, and, and the crowd's going to love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, maybe MJF doesn't pay him or something. And then yeah. That, that's it for him. Like, he's going to lose to Jericho or something. And then, like, like MJF's going to be like, you worthless criminal or something. Like that. Yeah, light yeah. tubes? Think it's happening? I don't know. I I mean, I think it's possible. I think I think light tubes are generally pretty safe. The only thing about light tubes that I don't know, and it's always concerned me about them, but I feel like there's not any, like, evidence to, like, prove me wrong or, or right or whatever is it does the only thing about light tubes that that i really always think about is like inhaling all of the dust that comes all, all the little mini yeah. glass particles that that get put into the air and when you're doing that over and over and over and you got to be breathing that stuff and it's got to be bad for your lungs and your throat and stuff yeah um but like as far as hitting people with light tubes because the reason I bring that up is because, like, in crowds, for instance, like, you saw yep. this firsthand at GCW versus Loco. Yep. There were probably pieces of that that were, like, actually hitting fans. You know yeah. what I mean? No, I saw I saw, I saw dude, dude's wrist was cut. Um, another girl's leg was cut. Um, and for AEW, yeah. that's a liability. Like, you don't yeah. want that happening. 100%. So, but the fans are much further away. Exactly. Than, you know what I mean? But Nick Cage does generally get out of the ring pretty quick, too. <laughs> it's just but it's like, it's like, dude – it sounds different. And if you've never heard that sound and you're there live in an AEW show and you hear that light tube go off, like it's going to, it's going to pop the crowd huge. Yeah. I think they, I think it's definitely a possibility. I will for sure see the pizza cutter. I know he brought pizza it out. On that I think he could do what he did to Sadika and staple Jericho's hair to the, the mat. That was a great spot in that match. Yes. And because he also had to pull her Speaking Ow. of that, the promoter of Loco was selling the uh, board, the the table barbed wire that has Nick Gage's blood and Sadiqa's hair on it, and there yeah. were people that wanted to buy it. I'm like, what are you gonna do? Put it on your wall? Like, yeah, people that didn't see that don't understand. Like those barbed wire, like the barbs. Like yeah. I know you you noticed, but like usually they'll like get in you and they just kind of pull you out. Sometimes it's a little bit of a struggle. The yep. barbs were in that dude's skin, like yeah, underneath his skin. skin. It was yeah. in his back. You could see it. It was disgusting. And I think that uh, might have been the one that got him out of the show in Dallas. Like, I think that was the one that really did it. One also think about it. They had to have also been thinking, this guy's got to show up on TNT in like a week. I, that's what I thought, too. After when I was walking back, I was like, I wonder if that's the real reason why they pulled him. Was like They were like, yo, he's about to show up. Like, we can't afford have this happen and be I, out. I didn't know he was going to be there, but after the fact, there are a few people that I know that work like with and for GCW that hit me up and they were like, they knew, um, I don't know how in advance they knew, but they knew like at least within the last, you know, handful of days. Um, cause they were kind of like, you know, make sure you watch dynamite. <laughs> like, make sure, like, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, like that kind of thing. And it's like, and it's from people that like, I, I've like, They're I reliable. know. When I saw Nick Gage, I was like, that's what they were talking about. You know yep. what I mean? Like, um, so some some people definitely knew, but so I have to imagine that 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 had to have because part of it too, you know, not not to make it sound selfish, but like Brett Lauderdale, like that's a like you want like worst thing that could happen for you outside of like some something like actual tragedy is like 
like, because you know if Nick Gage gets on AEW, your business for GCW is going to start going way up. Yep. Because now way more people are, especially going into homecoming this weekend. So, like, Brett probably also is, you know, thinking what GCW versus Loco happened and he's supposed to wrestle Cologne the next night. He's going, you know, not only is this not safe for Nick Gage, but, like, we got to make sure Nick Gage shows up on TNT next week because, like, it's going to blow him up. It's going to blow our company up. Like, it's going to help so many people to get him I, on that I show. I think this, this show could be their biggest pay-per-view buy rate they've ever done. Like, you see that be this weekend? Yes. I think that this thing has a lot of hype. And I think Moss is going to pop up. Oh, man. Jesus Christ. And watch it. Dude. And so this is, that's the thing that bothered me because then I was like, well, what if Moxley costs – Jericho or it cost um, Nick Gage the match, and then that way because it's like how if Nick Gage just gets hit by the Judas effect and he doesn't kick and he kicks out like he loses like that's gonna be kind of like eh you know I, I get it but I want I was like what if Moxley could cost a match but it's strictly MJF said nobody can help Jericho in the match so that's oh, I missed that part okay I missed that. Because that's okay. what I thought is like, oh, that's perfect, and you can set up Mox and Gage, but that's off the table. So um, I don't know, man. I here's another thing too. Nick Gage has music. Nick Gage has a video package. Like he has a Titantron. Like to me, I don't feel like this is a one-off. I don't either. I think it's just the start of GCW being involved in the Forbidden Door. I really do. Like yeah. it's. Because there's other honestly, they're kind of fantastic because they have a lot of great talent that I think yeah. could really use some spotlight from AEW. Well, and they have the link there. Joey Janela is in yep. AEW, and he's, I mean, he's office for GCW. I mean, it's like they're the links are all there. It's like Janela's got the link to GCW. Jericho's got the link to getting the guys from WWE. I mean, I guess my biggest thing is like Brett Lardadale though cannot screw over Tony Khan. Like whatever he says, this is he cannot like back out and like don't want to burn that bridge. No, you definitely don't want to burn that bridge, especially. And I don't want to get into it, but especially like With the the IWTV the, stuff. Yeah, because that that whole thing, like GCW is putting on the best product they ever have, but like in the background, they've got a five hundred thousand dollar lawsuit going on. I know, it's like, it's, like it's it's almost it almost feels like they're just like riding it out till they're done. Yeah, legit outlaws. I mean, yeah. and I'm on both sides. Like, I'm I Fight TV helps me out a lot. I have a I have a literal promotion code for IWTV. Like, I'm I'm a fan of both sides of 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 this whole situation. Can you imagine how big IWTV would be though if they were just strictly GCW? Well, that's the big part of the that that's mean, a that big part of the massive. problem, and and a big reason why I do side with IWTV on that part of it is like GCW signed a contract and they were supposed to be exclusive to IWTV. So IWTV, that's the big reason why they're suing is because of exactly what you just said. All this should have been happening on IWTV. So like, it's a shitty situation for, for everybody involved. And I hate it because like it kind of puts certain promoters against other kind of promoters and it puts certain wrestlers in a really bad spot that that want to take bookings on both platforms. And some guys are just going to be super loyal to GCW, no matter what some some people are going to be loyal to IWTV, no matter what. And it's like in a perfect world, they just figure this out and just get GCW back on IWTV. But like, but that's the thing is it's the outlaw mindset, which is part of what makes GCW so, so popular. 
But at the same time, I get the perspective because it's like GCW was literally putting free shows on YouTube, live free shows on YouTube when they were exclusive to IWTV. So if you're IWTV, you can't just sit there and take that. Like you put this on for free. Like you should have been on our platform for 10 bucks. Like you just missed out on all those potential buys. Like, I mean, so, um, so yeah, I, I hate that that's all happening, but GCW they cannot, they can't, it's a good point you brought up because they can't be complete outlaws when it comes to AEW because it's affecting way too many people. It isn't just yep. affecting Brett and it isn't just affecting Nick Gage. It's affecting all these younger guys that, that are a part of GCW on a regular basis that might not wind up getting chances in AEW because of something like that. Right. So, um, and you know, the cool, it won't happen, but like, and I, I saw Emil tweet about it, which I think is great. But like, if they somehow got him in for Gage's entrance, it would it would make it ten thousand times better. But I yeah. am interested to hear how Justin Roberts announces Nick Gage because that's a big part of the act, and that's it's something you didn't get to see, but you got to see something really cool because Sadika just literally just bashed, yeah. or, you know, he bashed Sadika with the. But usually Emil's up there, and he his intro for Nick Gage is like the most that will pump you up more than anything else on the show. His intro, like, right? Um, and that's yeah, a big part of the Gage character. Bittersweet because I was just like, oh dang, I didn't get to hear the whole thing. But then I was just like, wow, he just like bashed her head. With her <laughs> so yeah. like, okay, and and it, was, it was the first time I'd ever heard that sound. So it was just like, and it. And it also jolted me that just like, oh, like we're we're here now. Like this is yeah. happening. This is real. You know this I mean? is happening. Yeah. This is really happening. This like, isn't like, this this isn't talk anymore. Like I've told you before, I was legitimate because I was looking for y'all during that match. I knew exactly yeah. where you and Bill were throughout the whole show. But yeah. after like during that match, I couldn't really see y'all because they had everyone had to be moving around while they were doing all their crazy stuff. But when I saw that y'all were still there at the end of the show, I was, like, legitimately surprised. I thought for sure, at the very least, Bill would have been like, I'm getting the hell out of this place. <laughs> like, yeah, imagine imagine me trying to talk him into staying until 1.30 in the freaking morning waiting for Nick Gage outside. But, yeah. boy, I'm glad we did it. So. But think about this, Doug. Just think about this. Yeah. How, like, how much has your perspective changed on guys like Nick Gage and stuff just in the last few months? I mean, dramatically. And that's, I've thought about that too. I really have like Wheeler Yuta. Like I would have just thought he was just some random guy, but like I actually, you know, knew who he was. And so when they announced it was Wheeler Yuta versus Sammy, I was excited. And then Wheeler Yuta versus Darby Allen, like, all right. And like um, the Nick Gage thing, if they would announce that he would just been the guy I watched on dark side of the ring. Like that, that's really all it would have been. So yeah, no, it's it's very cool. And now I've got like a laundry list of people that I want to see. Like when they kept bringing in all these jobbers for Dark, I'm like, man, bring in Rachel Rose. Like I know she's done Elevation before with Britt one time or Dark with whatever. And I was like, man, bring in Rachel Rose. Bring in people like that too. Like they can go. So they did bring in – when I was at Bosch, they had a team called um, High Def, and they got, they got to face the Dark Order – at dark. So that was pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah, they, they, they did use some of them. Um, and then like, I don't know if you noticed, but one of the people carrying the casket was Will all day for the Darby Allen match. Oh, I didn't notice that, but that's the the champion at Booker's, uh, right. Yeah. 
So yeah, that that was uh, that was pretty noticeable too. So it, I've I've definitely picked up on some things. But yeah, my my and it's weird too. Like I don't love deathmatch wrestling. I really don't. Like I, I don't like. I'm not super excited. Like I see these highlights of what's going on tonight on IWTV, and like it's all the a lot of the GCW guys and stuff. But like I'm not not into. That. Did you see the clip though, where like Nolan was? going up against Jimmy Lloyd and that piece of glass like flew. And if, I mean, if somebody was like tall, it's right in the neck. Oh God. Yeah. Bad. Dude. Nolan Edward is a legitimate psycho dude. Like in a great way. Like I'm a huge fan of his and I I have like some, I have some really good friends that are friends with him. Like I'm really pulling for him, but Man, is he and like it doesn't surprise me at all to hear that. It's kind of what I'm getting at. Like why why is he mostly a deathmatch wrestler? That kid can wrestle. I think he's just doing it while he's able to. Because he knows yeah. he's not gonna be able to do it forever. Um yeah, he just loves it. Some of those guys just love that that style of being able to do that. He's a guy I've talked about on the show before and I'm not confirming or whatever anything, but like He's a guy that I know for a fact has interest in him at a higher level. And yeah. it's he's a perfect example of like he can sign that contract and and make money or he can keep doing what he's doing and like keep enjoying the art that he's putting out. I think the only problem with that though is like if this is what you're known as, then this is what you're gonna get pegged as. And then it's going to be hard to break that mold. You know what I mean? Potentially, it depends on who you are. So, like, right. so, so Nolan Edward, the, the the silver lining in that scenario is what you've already mentioned. He can he can just go without any of this. Yeah. But then you have guys like, and this isn't to put anybody down, but this is just the way I see it. You have guys like you know, Jimmy Lloyd or yep. um, or. Um, uh, Reed Bentley or John Wade Murdoch or even a smaller guy like uh, um, Neil Diamond Cutter, like these kind of guys. These guys don't have the same physical gifts and athleticism as a guy like Nolan Edward. So, right. like, so they're they're probably always going to be pegged as deathmatch guys, but they also that's how they're going. It's, it's it's similar to someone like Mick Foley. Like Mick Foley, he he only got to where he was because he was willing to do the craziest stuff of anybody. And I'm not knocking it, but like he was never going to be like this world champion based on his athleticism. Right. That's how I see like those type of dudes uh, that I just mentioned. But then you have other guys like Nolan Edward who like he's thriving in the deathmatch scene. But if you see him just wrestle just one-on-one, none of that extra stuff, he's just as good. So. Well, and the thing too with Foley, though, you gotta give him credit. Is I mean, one of the best on the mic ever. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Very like creative. Like he he had other things that could get him over. I don't think these guys are that either. You know what I mean? So yeah, those other guys too, like bigger dudes that I think have a good mixture of a lot of stuff, but they will get pegged more as deathmatch guys. Like like a dude like Schlack, for instance. Yeah. I, I, I did, but that dude has an energy about him, and he can get over with fans. Right. Like, and but 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 he also thrives in the deathmatch scene. And yeah. I don't think he has any real motivation to do anything really outside of it. But but he probably could. Um, yeah. But it is also a risk. You know, there's one dude. Have you seen Justin Kyle yet? 
No, but by the way, Matthew Justice is an effing psycho. And, like, I didn't understand how crazy that man was. I really wish I would have known going into that match with Mysterious Q. But then, like, I recently just saw him get thrown off balconies. And apparently it's something he does normally. Like, he did that to your guy, Bishop. Josh Bishop. He did a death valley driver with both of them. Off off the balcony through a table, like, New Jack style. And I'm like, and then I I tweeted out something like, yeah, Matthew Justice is an effing wild man or something. And he liked the tweet. Like, that guy is gone. Dude, I got to find... I'm going to pull it up right now on my screen. So the night that Josh Bishop and and uh, uh, Matthew Justice did that spot that you were talking about, yeah, that was on. Uh, that was on May 17th of 2019. Okay, um, and I have that here because I messaged Josh after the match because I know him a little bit from doing interviews. And once again, I knew him when he was a character called Slutty Cat. Before he was even Joshua Bishop, like wow. I, I saw probably his like he did a wise career change there. Well, it was like a it was a novelty type thing that had to do with like a Halloween kind of story, and then it just wound up sticking for a couple shows. But the point is, I've been Josh Bishop guy pretty much since day one of his career. Mm-hmm. I hit him up that night, and I literally said, "You okay, bro? The balcony spot was sick." And he wrote back, "Yeah, I'm alive, I guess." <laughs> 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 that's reassuring. <laughs> like that's dude, Joshua Bishop is the man, dude. Like he's gonna be so good. But like when you did that in AEW, like the fans will remember you for that for like they'll give you mad props for doing something crazy like that. Like that yes. it, I don't know. I, I, I do think there's something kind of sadistic about being like how the wrestling fans think because it's like the more you sacrifice as a human, the more we love you. You know that, what I that's, mean? That's, I, yeah. And that's like Nick Gage is like the prime example of that. 100%. Cause he's not a physically gifted guy. He's not like particularly athletic or anything. He actually looks like he has a hard time moving around. If I'm being now, honest, just, just walking. Yeah. And, but it, it doesn't matter because like he, it, once again, very similar to guy like Big Foley, like, Mick Foley will be a legend forever because he was the dude jumping off the hell in a cell and going through the the thumbtacks and the barbed wire when no one else was really doing it on WWE and stuff. And Multiple that's the trade-off. Shots to the head. And Nick Gage will be a legend forever in the, in this world because of of similar things. Um, but it, just to, just to check out Justin Kyle, he's the dude who I've been telling you about that like he does a lot of the. Um, he has an actual MMA background. I don't know if he actually competed anywhere, but I know he's like gone through the training and had like the option. But this dude, he's big and intimidating, comes out to sandstorm, vandalay style. Okay. And and he and he does mainly I haven't actually seen him like wrestle, but everything I've seen him do is like the either like in the pit or at like a UWFI type thing where he does like the 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 work shoot type and, and hardcore type stuff. But when you see this dude, you'll know why I'm telling you to look him up because he's, if he can wrestle at all, I just don't know if he can. Cause I have, I've just seen him mainly like fighting people, but if yeah. this dude can wrestle at all, he's money. 
Like this dude has the look and the intensity and like has the knowledge of like the history of mixed martial arts to like do cool stuff with that. Like it's uh it was him versus Phil Baroni on one of the pit shows not too long ago. Um, which was awesome. So Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> um I wanna get two things answered before we bounce. Sure. So the first one is gonna be Jay White and Omega. Do you think that they wrestle at Bound for Glory? I think they definitely wrestle in Impact. Um, and I know their next their next thing is like the homecoming or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'll actually be it's doing the weird fight because like AW has a homecoming too. Well, all of them do. I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, GCW. GCW homecoming is this weekend. Um, but uh. I'll actually, for anyone watching, I'll be doing the uh, the Fightful post show for for TNA or Impact Homecoming. Um, usually, it's Denise Salcedo does the Impact Plus specials. I do the pay per views with her. Um, she's going to actually be covering Bellator that night um, for Fightful, like live. Oh, okay, which is pretty awesome. Um, so I'll be uh, filling in for her for uh, for that show, and I doubt that'll be Jay White there. And I guess Bound for Glory would be their next big, their next big four, uh, pay per view, right? So yep. that's, uh, that, that, that probably seems like a pretty safe bet. In Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. And, and dude, Jay White looked great tonight on Impact. Like that guy's a star. Like that guy checks every box. He talks well. He looks great. He's great in the ring. I mean, he, it just, this whole gimmick and persona, Man, the way he carries himself. Star. Don Callis, dude, that guy's amazing. Like, I, I feel like the crowd wants to cheer Kenny Omega and then Don Callis talks and then they end up booing Kenny because of Don Callis. Like I think without Don Callis, Kenny doesn't get half the heel heat that, that he would get. Dude, like, he's improving. Callis. He's amazing. Like, like, I used to think he was so lame. Like when oh. he was like the Jackal and Cyrus, the virus. Cyrus the virus was funny to me. I for me, I was just the age where, like, he was just... Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but it was also ECW's dying days. That didn't help either. But it was like, a perfect character, though, because they needed a network representative to, like, kill the, <laughs> the company. And it's like, oh, the network won't allow you to do that. And it's just like, you son of a bitch. Like, but also, yeah. to be fair, like, I didn't know... I knew him first as Cyrus. Like, so yeah. I didn't even know, like, why... Like, I should even care about this guy. I just thought he was just this annoying dude. Um, and then, of course, I found out about the Jackal stuff and all that, like, retroactively. But, like, I would have never in a billion years, if you said in, in 1999, you're like, hey, Cyrus the Virus is going to be, like, one of the main – he's going to be the manager for the best wrestler in, in, the, in the game in 2021. And, and on every major show outside of the WWE, I feel like, yeah, right, dude. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Kenny by God Omega. He's killing it. He does He's great killing work. it. And like he he was running down Jay White in the Bullet Club today, not tonight. And I was I was he used to have me rolling. He always does though. And like like I said, even last night, like he comes out with the mic and Kenny's just right behind him. And that that's the only reason they started to boo because when Kenny's music hits, they cheer. You know what I mean? And the good thing with AEW is like just because the fans are cheering doesn't mean that they're gonna just like abandon ship or change anything. Like no. let like let fans cheer and boo who they want. Just keep I can't stress it enough. Just stories that make sense and yep. good matches. That's it. 
That's like Brit, for. Brit and Nyla both came out of the heel tunnel, and Brit right. and Brit was using some heel tactics. She tried to pull the Eddie move and got caught, and then she threw it back and all that stuff. But like, she still wrestles heel like, but she's a massive face. <laughs> Yes. Like it's it's stone cold type. Not saying she's stone cold calm. I know down. what you're saying though. Yeah but, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like she's they didn't change anything about Steve Austin. But she's over as a face. Exactly. Because all 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 Stone Cold Steve Austin as like the biggest baby face ever in wrestling was, they didn't change anything about him. They just had him fighting bad guys instead That's of good it. guys. That's, That's it. it. Um hell yeah. Do you think that Britt Baker and Deanna Perrazzo match happens and winner takes all match? Maybe. I don't know. The possibility is definitely there. It's it a could happen. It Anything could. can happen. It's a match I definitely want to see. Um, I think it's a little head scratching that they're going to do Deanna Perrazzo versus um, Melina at the NWA Women's Show in Power. And then do Mickey James after that because they're building towards that. Well, Mickey is a bit more understandable because, like, she was still solid. Like, even though she was yeah. kind of dropped out on WWE, she's fundamentally speaking and everything like she's still as good as she's probably been Melina, you know, part of my job with Fightful is to watch the national wrestling Alliance and Melina just doesn't look very good anymore. Yeah. She just doesn't. So like, I, I, that was a little head scratching for me. I think to Jeff's kind of point in question here. um, I think something like Britt Baker versus Gianna Perrazzo is infinitely a big deal and infinitely a better match than like Deanna versus Melina. Right. So, I still think Britt's way more over and she should win them all. I think she gets both belts. I'd be fine with that. I mean, that's the thing. Like, when things are working, just roll with it. Like, yeah. I mean, Britt Baker, if this was Britt Baker in, in another I, company. I think, I think it's Britt and Thunder Rosa at all out in a rematch, especially now that she's officially signed. Why not? I mean, and that another one, like, Serena Deeb is so good. Yeah, like they have they they have access to some of this talent that is like, and these are people to once again just to, for the sake of continuity, I'll bring up the comparison. WWE had an opportunity to sign Thunder Rosa not that long ago, and wanted her to be a coach at the PC. Like if she would have went and done that, we wouldn't be getting any of this, and she would be getting any of this for herself. Right. Like, I mean. They, like Kingston, like all yep. these, these kind of people, like these are all people that like the WWE wanted as coaches in the performance center and stuff. Like yeah. that's their vision. Like we're getting to see, I mean, Deanna Peraza was signed to the WWE and they didn't yep. do anything with her. Same and, thing with Tay Conti. Yeah. And well, Tay Conti is a little bit different because the, the only difference really is Deanna Peraza was already this good and WWE yeah. didn't know what to do. Tay Conti, it's just a more, more proof towards the performance center and, and the whole system doesn't work. Right. Tay Conti has improved times a thousand since leaving the WWE. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's no, it's real. crazy. It really is. Yeah. Um, and then let's, let's talk about, uh, Matt Cardona, Nick Gage, the, the trailer that they dropped, uh, on GCW's Twitter is phenomenal. Thought it was really good. Um, did you get to see that? 
I have not. I'll probably watch it after I uh, watch it. You'll be fired it. up. It's really yeah, well done. I can't wait. And it, and it honestly makes Matt Cardona look good too, which I really respect. Like that way it's not just like, just very biased and he's heading into our house and we're going to kill him type thing. But it's going to be awesome how biased it is during the presentation. Because, oh, yeah, for because sure. I know Amos talked about it on Twitter also, but like, He's going to crap be, on the entrance. Oh, you're going to be getting like, all right, y'all. It's Matt. It's it's toy. It's it, doll collectors. Uh, Zach Ryder. Like, all right. So from oh, what next. I think is interesting, though, you know, I listened to, I watched the uh, the Sean Ross Sapp uh, interview with Cardona before I got on here, and you know, Cardona's banking on a lot of his fans being there, and so he's he and he's like, that's what I love is that. I'm the bad guy to this fan base and he's the bad guy to my fan base. And so like the dynamic and he's like, and we're not, we're not changing anything. We're not acting a certain way. We're just who we are, but we have two different fan bases. And so uh, he, he said that um, that's what makes it so cool. But he flat out said like, I'm using GCW. Like I'm using GCW to change what people think of me with a, the aspects of who I am and to make my name bigger and Nick Gage is kind of doing the same thing. And he, he, he does try to give Nick Gage's props. Like he's, he listen, like at the end of the day, I think him and Nick Gage are cool. And I think they've definitely worked things out, but they're doing a really good job of selling this thing. And I mean, from when Matt Cardona, DDT, Nick Gage and revealed himself to where we are now, I think they've done an excellent job building this match. And it's mostly, it's all been done on the internet, right? Like no TV, no nothing, just all done on YouTube and Twitter, basically. So, um, and, 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 and he did crash Matt Cardona's event as well, which I thought yeah. was hilarious because they said he came in there with a fork and Matt's like, what are you doing with the fork? Like he's going to try to stab you, but like, that's what he comes up with is like, I'm going to go stab this dude with a fork in front of his fans. Um, but yeah, I just, I love it. How far do you think it's going to go though? Like, do you think that when it's over, we're going to be like, holy crap, Cardona, like really went through it. Or do you think that it's still going to look like, yeah, he was definitely protected in there. Like they had some hardcore spots, but he was, he was pretty (coughs) protected in there. I really don't know. I really don't know what to expect out of this. And Um, that's what's so great about this too. Like, yeah. Who knows? What if, what if, what if, and I'm not saying this is going to happen. What if Cardona does win? Like, what if they really just want to spin this whole thing and go crazy and Cardona takes a GCW title at the end of the night? Yeah, that'd be wild. Um, and there would probably be like an actual riot, which would be pretty interesting to watch unfold. Well, and, and, but the, like um, his fan base is there and their fan, they could all fight. Like it could be crazy. His fan base will probably be crying, holding yeah. their signed figures. And Agreed. as, as the, as Gage's fans are like trying to actually attack them. Um, and I, you know, I'm a big major mark. I have Matt Carter. You know what? <laughs> Let me prove myself. Okay. It's on my desk, all right? Like, um, but I uh I don't think Cardona can win because you gotta you gotta keep building to to Mox and uh engage, I think, for that belt. But the, but the, the thing, what if that's Nick Gage is out? Like what if he's mainly leaving GCW and he goes to AEW? 
I mean, it's possible. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of moving pieces. I, I said it a thousand times, but I'll say it again. Like Matt Cardona, when he left the WWE, it was very underwhelming because you yep. felt like you were just watching Zack Ryder in AEW. You're watching Zack Ryder in Impact. Um, you know, uh, very soft for lack of better yep. terms in comparison to this, of course. So it's like, if he wants to reinvent himself, which is what he's saying he wants to do, and it's pretty clear that's the motivation here. Right. There's no better way to get people to think differently about you than actually doing this match with Nick Gage and doing it, like, doing it for real. Like, I yeah. I think, I don't know what all Cardona will take. I don't know if he'll... I think he's got to take a light tube, man. Got to take a light tube yeah. to the head. I think he'll take the pizza the cutter. I think he'll take the cutter. pizza cutter. But, but here's the thing. If Gage gets carried away, which he has before, yeah. If Gage gets carried away and tries to put that thing anywhere near like Cardona's mouth or something, yeah. Card- Cardona is the type of dude who like is big and athletic and can like hold his own in an actual fight with Nick Gage. I so agree. like that's different than like David Arquette. David Arquette scenario exactly. Like David Arquette was going to be pretty helpless regardless. Matt Cardona, if we're and this will probably piss certain people off. It's similar to like I've had this conversation with people before that are like that think that Eddie Kingston would beat Cody Rhodes in a real fight. Like if they were like fighting in the streets and I'm like, I don't know, Cody's like way more athletic than he is. And like, could just shoot a double and pretty much ground and pound him. I think and yeah. I don't think it'd be that much of a problem. I think that's the difference though, of like an MMA fans mindset versus just like a strictly pro wrestling mindset, right? Like right. you're looking at an athletic guy's ability. You're looking at, they have an amateur background. You're looking to see and stuff like that. And if they do, then you're like, Oh yeah, he'll kick his ass. Like that's right. the thing. Like the, the and, and that's a, like street fighters get exposed all the time in MMA. Like whenever guys are trying to square up or whatever, and then all of a sudden they just get dropped by someone that actually knows how to throw a technical punch and knows how to put somebody in a submission or whatever. Right. Like, I, I think it's it's unquestionable that Nick Gage is, like, infinitely tough, right? Yeah. Like, but if it came down to it and it was just one-on-one combat, I think Matt Cardona probably takes him, probably yeah. with, with not much problem. So, right. like, so that's kind of where this gets interesting, too, is, like, does Nick Gage get carried away in the moment <laughs> in the moment and take some liberties that he could normally take on others, but Cardona's, like, just not, just not going to deal with that, and he's just going to Going to business too, like when uh, when we waited to meet Nick Gage and he was talking to people, right? Like it's like he almost really believes that this is real, right? In, in a sense, so like when someone said something like, "Yeah, man, good luck, uh, good luck tomorrow or whatever against Alex," that's a big one. And he just looked at him. He's like, "It's not about luck. It's about who can take the most." Who's the toughest? And like, that's the way he views it. It's like, it, like he gets his position because he can take the most punishment. Right. It's not because a booker is looking at him and saying, you're the winner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's a part. And that's honestly a part of what really scares me about Nick Gage is like, yep. I think, I think in a perfect world, he dies during a match. Yeah. And I don't want to see that happen. And you don't want that to happen on, TNT. Well, and that's the thing. I don't, th- and that's why, like, I don't think that it, they wouldn't let that happen on TNT. Like, yeah. you know, um, but I, but in like GCW, 
I, I'm not saying that GCW wants that to happen, but I think they're the kind of company that like has a real, I don't give a F attitude about anything based on everything we've already talked about as well. And it's like, you know, I, I would, I would hate to sit here and like think that like Brett Lauderdale, like would want that to happen. I don't think he wants that to ever happen in a gauge, obviously, but I'm just saying like, I could see it maybe happening. Like, I mean, the, the guy literally almost did die that one time. And that was like a well, fairly basic, and right? And they him brought back. him back. But, but that was on like a fairly common scenario of basically just getting thrown into ropes that had light tubes attached to him. Like that yeah. could happen in any match. Well, and he, he also has stated multiple times, I have no family. So this is it. Yeah. Like, and so it's like, I don't think he's afraid to die. No. I don't think that yeah. he's, you know, so. He, He's definitely uh, an interesting character, but I think that's the appeal about him, right? Is like, he's just so who he is. He's genuine. There's nothing fake about Nick Gage. And so I think that's, that's the connection, right? And like, and what about just to, to, mm-hmm. go ahead. What I was going to say, Card- like for, for me, like with Nick Gage and the connection, I've actually told him this before, like, he lost his mother to breast cancer. So did I like that yeah. right there automatically. That's a connection with me and him, regardless of any other thing that he does in wrestling. I have that in common with this dude where I'm like, cause that's the same kind of thing. Like you're like Jeff Hardy. I give yeah. him a lot more passes than most because I've been in his shoes of like losing your mom young to disease and stuff and how that can really screw you up. Like well, what's crazy too. Like with them, <laughs> like they never got to see that they were the Hardy boys. Like they became these huge superstars and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that would bother me forever. But and that's, like, right. Uh, and that's the thing though, is like with like the guy, Nick Gage, it isn't just the death match stuff. And the, it's like all these layers to who he is and like why he's doing the things that he's doing. And it all circles back to what you brought up earlier, where the reason he is who he is and why he's so over and why he's so beloved and all that is because he's, he's legitimately like he has given everything to this, like everything. Like he, like you said, no family willing to die in there, willing to to do the most gruesome stuff that you think no one would ever be able to do. He lost his mom to cancer. He lost his brother to suicide. Like he is in jail. Yeah, everybody in that audience has something in common with Nick Gage. And that's, that's, I mean, well, then part of the like, he was asking this kid, like, his top five deathmatch wrestlers, and then, like, talking about Japanese deathmatch. And he, he took a little bit of time and then he looked at us and he's like, sorry, man, I just love talking about wrestling. I'm just a big wrestling fan. And it's like, so at the end of the day, like, you just have that in common with him, too. Like, he loves wrestling. So, yes. and honestly, like, at the end of the day, he can say whatever he wants about, like, trying to hype up the match. I mean, the fact that this guy gets to have a match with Chris Jericho is one of the craziest things. And I know he knows that that's such a big deal, right? Like, yes. that is really a big deal. But, dude, did you listen to the Sam Roberts podcast with him? I didn't. I, I like Sam a lot, though. I just haven't listened to it. Go back and listen to it because it's interesting because he even tells Nick Gage, he's like, I do think you're eventually going to be able to be on one of those major shows like NXT because, of course, he's going to plug the WWE. And then Nick Gage is like, really, Sam? You think so? 
He's like, yeah. He's like, you have this connection. I was like, I think that that could happen. And he's like blown away by the idea. Like, wow, man. Well, that's really cool. That that would be really cool. Thank you. And like, he's going to be facing Chris freaking Jericho on Dynamite on Wednesday. Like, that's wild to me. It's a dude who literally a year or two ago, like pre the existence of AEW, was never going to wrestle on television. No, never. Never. So like, and yeah, now he's is... gonna wrestle one of the greatest of all time. Like, well, for someone oh, like me, Jesus, dude. Like, I'm sitting there like, they're my my favorite wrestler of all time, Chris Jericho, against Nick Gage, who I've been like talking up for years as yep. like I'm never gonna see him on TV, but like you gotta see what this dude's doing outside of outside of mainstream wrestling, and they're gonna wrestle each other. Like, like what a that's and like then you're watching mind. the same show where like Sting and Orange Cassidy are having a kickoff. Like it's just the wildest stuff. And then you have a death match between Lance Archer and Moxley where he gets choke slammed or whatever on two uh, barbed wire tables. Like it's like what? And this is all on TV, and you get this every week of like crazy stuff. Because Five for the Fallen is freaking loaded. Like, I wish I was going to North Carolina. So, yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. They're going to do Hikuleo. I always forget his name. Tama Tonga. He was, like, sitting right there in front of us. Like, literally, like, right there. But it's like you're just watching Dynamite, just regular Dynamite. I mean, obviously, Fight for the Fallen. But, I mean, Wednesday Night Dynamite, it's like, Bullet Club dude, just in the crowd. Like, he's yep. got next on Archer, and it's like... Well, and then who's to say yeah. JY doesn't pop up next week to attack Archer to take back the New Japan title or whatever, like... Or or G.O.D. or whatever, Exactly, you know? and then the, all the guys in Impact. I mean, you got Sammy Callahan, who's going to want some sort of revenge on, on Omega probably at some point. I mean, you have, you like... The dumbest thing that Sammy's doing, though, is, like... I can just rest because I injured Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega's hurt because of me. Like, but dude, you, you lost, lost the match. <laughs> you lost yeah. the match. Yeah. And you lost the match by taking a one-wing angel on barbed wire. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I can't co-sign that. I mean, obviously, I know it's all predetermined, y'all, anybody who hears this. But, but yes, like, that's not... I thought a win or a moral And it's victory. not like you didn't get hurt either. That's my thing. It's like Kenny roughed you up. Kenny put thumbtacks in your mouth and gave you a V-trigger. So, like, this whole, like, oh, I hurt Kenny Omega. <laughs> that spot at the end of the match was badass where Kenny rolled his knee pad into the tax and then hit a yep. V-trigger. Yep. Like, that's Kenny. Kenny's and just operating on a different level. Was- False finishes. Like I was, I legit didn't know who was going to win that match. So I really liked how it went. I thought it was a really good match for what it was. I mean, Sammy does have those type of matches, but it has to be like a hardcore type match for it. It does. It does. The only, the only real problem I have with the position Sammy Callahan is perennially in, in impact wrestling is he loses every big match. Yeah. Like, he hasn't won anything significant in, in Impact really since the Tessa days, which is like yeah, years he won, ago. He won that Slammiversary match against Tessa. And then she eventually beat him. And then she beat him, and, yeah. And, and since then, he's lost on almost every pay-per-view. Like, has there been any more? Like, why Why did Moose lose to Saban? Spoiler alert. Anybody, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Don't listen to this for like 30 seconds. 
Uh, he gets the win back at the tapings. Okay. I just but, well, I don't I don't love the idea of fifty fifty booking, but he is going to beat Chris Saban like you know week. Okay, or I mean to me that that's the guy that needs to be the champion. Like he's 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 ready, dude. Impact Wrestling has three big dudes who are all money. You got yeah. Moose, Morrissey, and Joe Doran. I think all three of those guys are legitimate money drawing big men in wrestling. If 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 used correctly, I read that Morrissey's only good till Bound for Glory, and then he's a free agent. Well, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, Eddie Edwards is going to get that win back from Morrissey also. Yeah, okay. So, um, so yeah. Interesting. So that, that makes sense, though, if, like, Morrissey's going to start losing and then he's not going to be on the show. That dude, I'm, I am not in the camp of, like, sign, AEW should sign all former WB guys, but I would sign W Morrissey. That dude has a ton of potential still that has not been tapped. Yeah, I just – I think that Enzo Kaz leaves a really bad taste in people's mouth, and I just don't know if they can let that go. And there's just so many guys they have right now. But I understand what you're saying. I'm not crapping on what you're saying at all. Especially with AEW's roster, he's so much bigger than their average right. guy that, like, it's – I just – the only thing I hate about that is you have to push those guys. You really can't just, like, make them just okay. Like, and, and then that kind of dominates the TV program, you know? So yeah, I for sure. I, I, and, and that's what they've been doing in Impact up to this point is like yeah. he's just been pretty much smoking everyone, which I'm totally fine with. Once again, I talk about outliers all the time. Make some people to where like when they get beat, it's a really big deal. Like I right. mean, and they don't have to wrestle every single week. Like right. a guy like Wardlow, basically. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of him, but the little bit we have, it's always been impressive. It's and like, he was over, damn. like, dude, when when I was in uh, Austin for Dark, and he came out, like, he got a he got a babyface pop, like he's over. Yeah, and I got to see his first match with Cody in the yeah. steel cage, and it was like I was watching that live, going, dude, this guy's way better than I expected. Like, yeah. they they got something with this guy as long as they he, don't he's a guy to me that I feel like, like, if he became a free agent, WWE might be able to like lure him in. Do you know what I mean? Like somebody like that, because there's got to be people to jump. Like, and that's what really makes it the war, right? And, like, I feel like I, I try to think about people that would possibly go there. And, like, Wardlow is a guy to me that I think could do it. I think it's possible. I think MJF is as well. But I, I think I think that there are going to be certain guys, though. And MJF is one of them, too, that, like, a lot of these guys are just going to be really loyal to AEW, I think, regardless. I don't think as MJF as... can be MJF, and he knows that in the WWE. And I and I think that's going to be the biggest issue. I, I agree a thousand percent with that, but I also think WWE is going to offer him a lot of money if he goes into free agency. Like right. so much, like so much money that like he's going to have to at least think about it because they would be seeing him going, okay, this is our top heel for the next decade if we can get yeah. this guy. Because yeah. um, we don't, because we don't care about what the wrestling is. And by the way, MJF is actually a great in ring worker. Like I see yeah. that dude do like Fosbury flops over the top rope to the outside and stuff. Maybe like, in Detroit, he takes all the time. Like yeah. yeah, like super, super good in the ring. But WWE is only seeing like character. Like this yeah. is the most heat drawing character we could possibly get. Um, so I think they'd throw the the, and he's also still so young. But. Yeah. <laughs> But I also do think there's going to be a, a sense of loyalty for the people who started as like original AEW roster. As long as they're still getting paid in like an amount that they're happy with, like why would you leave? Right. You know? 
So. No, I think the biggest thing that's going to get people to want to leave is they just aren't being used enough. Right. And that's going to, cause the, like more guys keep coming in. And if you're like on that mid tier part, like, you know, like if there was like, say someone like a Scorpio sky, but he was younger. Right. And he's like, like he had the opportunity to be like the guy or one of the guys over there, then he would might want to do that. But something like that. And that's yeah. what I say like with Wardlow. He's hardly used. And if they like threw a bunch of money at him and he jumped and like attacked Roman or something, like all of a sudden people would be like, oh, wow. You know? Yeah, for sure. And he's, he's very much like a guy who looks like he would have a chance to be successful in the WWE for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll pray MJF doesn't go to WWE either. I, I definitely don't want to see that happen. I'm just saying he's such a strong character that I think the WWE would be very interested in him. Yeah. All right, well, we're out of time, guys. Um, I can't plug GCW Homecoming enough. Just for like we've talked about Cage and uh, Gage and Cardona. Cardona, geez. Um, It's one of the biggest build-up matches that we never thought we would see, that we really have no idea what's going to happen. The unpredictability of it's really fun. And honestly, if you haven't watched GCW before, there's just a lot of talent on there that really um, is impressive, that could really get your attention and maybe understand a little bit more of what's out there in the indies. Um, there's two nights, and there's some AEW stuff in there, right? Like Janela's wrestling, Penelope Ford's wrestling, Marco Stun is wrestling. So it's pretty cool. Um, and, and yeah. That Dude, they're you, doing second-gear crew, uh, Mance Warner and Matthew Justice's I team. I know. Against Leon and Ninja Mac. And, and yeah. Dante. And those boys are going to become men after that match. <laughs> like so good, dude. Good and they're God. also that same team, uh, Warner and Justice, are against G. Raver and Jimmy Lloyd the other night. Yeah, I so saw like, that. Dude, second-year crew. And then uh, the Jordan Oliver – Versus Jack Cartwheel, that's going to be sick. Ooh, I didn't even know that was on there. Hell yeah, that's Tony a great Depp one. versus Ninja Mac, that's going to be sick. Like there's that Starboard Charlie versus Marco Stunt, Penelope Ford versus Alley Catch. Like there's there's a lot of really good stuff on there. Um, so definitely recommend that show. And then uh, Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw, that's going to be a big big title match in my opinion this is going to be like it's not a title match but it's going to be who's going to probably get the next title shot so definitely keep your eyes out on that one and also uh, mlw's showing battle riot on saturday too they taped it like two weeks ago but battle riot's going to be free on youtube on saturday for people who want to watch that show that's true and is that going to be on youtube youtube for free Yeah, yeah i'm definitely watching that um, get to see a lot of the new stars and all that stuff. I know the spoilers already for the show, but yeah. I don't know who all is in the battle right. I just know who wins in the rest of the matches. But the I matches that I, I saw, I, I was able to stay away, so I don't know. So I part cool. of my job is to read that stuff out loud on Fightful. Sometimes, like, <laughs> every, every, every now and then, I have to spoil it for myself because, like, part of the weekender is me giving out spoilers if I have them. So, like, I'll have to read out all this stuff, and I'm like, well. I'm not now. I know exactly what's gonna happen on the show when I watch it, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we got another super chat. Thanks, Brandon. I really appreciate. It. Right before we bounce, um, rarest wrestling item both of you own today it could be merch, figure, DVD, etc. Man, um, rarest. I 
I have autographs and stuff that I'm sure are super rare on some things. Um, I have like DVDs that went out of print. A lot of them like um, the vengeance and judgment day of Oh three. Maybe is what it is where they were only WWE shop exclusives. You could only get them at WWE shop. I have both of those. I have WrestleMania 17 on DVD also. Um, so those ones are pretty rare. Uh, I have a Chris Benoit autograph. That's pretty rare. Um, yeah, 2002. Yeah, both those DVDs are still super expensive. Yep, <laughs> I have those. I ordered them on shop back in the day when I was a diehard WWE fan. 2002 was beautiful, though. It wasn't bad. It was good years. I'm trying to think of, like... I mean, this one's a little different. I've shown it on the screen before, but like, I've got that like high school wrestling poster of like that I'm on with Cody and stuff. Like, no wrestling fan's gonna have that. Like him in high school wrestling on a on a poster. Yeah. Um, but as far as stuff that people could actually like get, I mean, I have stuff that's rare from the perspective of like, like this. I'll show you probably my favorite. Like, try to take it off my wall. This is probably my favorite thing that I have. Um, as far as like wrestling related, is this uh this thing I've got here? This is like from meeting wrestlers, um, and like not having anything. And this is also pre cell phones and stuff, so like yeah. couldn't get pictures. But one of my favorites is that's uh Macho Man Randy Savage. Wow, right there. Um, whoops, right there. So like yeah, Randy Savage, that's really cool. Uh, Kevin Nash, this was the first wrestler I ever met. Um, met him at the Atlanta airport and got him to sign a receipt paper. Because there was nothing else, and I definitely needed to get Kevin Nash's autograph. So um, it's just it's just really cool to have a Macho Man autograph because obviously he's been dead for a long time now, and he's my favorite. He's the guy who made me a wrestling fan. So having anything signed by Randy Savage is a really big deal for me. This is kind of a cool piece that I got back in Ring of Honor, where it's Michael Elgin, Kyle O'Reilly, Jay Lethal, and Bobby Fish find <laughs> ROH champions. You're never going to see anything like that again. That's so really cool. That one's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I have some other stuff, but I I have this one. You'll, you'll like this one, Steve. This was from StarCast. Uh, Sting. You oh, yeah, that's, that's sick. All the Stings. I should have got that. I got the Sting... Um... I just don't want to tear my whole room apart showing this stuff, but I got this, this yes, signed uh, Ninja Turtle Sting uh, <laughs> sign. <laughs> this is a uh, this is a CM Punk with the red signed. It's sick. And this was done at like some Comic Con in Chicago. I got a guy to do it for me. So Probably yeah, the most valuable thing that I have. If you're looking at like long term, once again, I just can't this I just can't take this off my wall because it takes forever to put it back up. But I have a poster that's signed by The Rock, Steve Austin, and Triple H. Wow. Um, so like that's a pretty, I mean, can't really yeah. get much bigger than that. And I've also got a signed Steve Austin, one of those WrestleMania 15 plaques that comes with like a part of the ring and stuff they they sell. Um, so I've got a couple cool Steve Austin autographs, but that one that's like I mean, especially with how big The Rock is nowadays and Triple H being, like, in charge of the company, to have Triple H, The Rock, and Austin all on one 
posters of. That's pretty cool to have. Yeah. Um, one of the coolest MMA items that I have that I really like is uh, with Bellator did a one-time like press conference thing, and it was Kimbo, Fedor, and Hoist Gracie, and they signed like an 11 by 17. So it's Kimbo, Hoist, and Fedor all signed, and I have that. And that's pretty dope. That's badass. That is. Yeah, one of these days we'll do like a full on like room tour. Like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do an office tour when I've got the two detoffs for my figures and I've moved the my other shelf and I've put it like here. Cause I'm gonna I want like a shelf that goes under all this and then put my figures down there as well. There you go. Because I still have my series six AWs I haven't opened yet. They're just sitting there. Um and then nice. I got some new stuff. I missed out on the Sergeant Slaughter Comic Con exclusive. I was so pissed. I was driving, and then uh, I was driving home from Dallas. Checked my phone, and it was like Sergeant Slaughter sold out in four minutes. And I was like, "Damn it! I totally <laughs> forgot about it." So missed out on that. Probably my favorite thing that I own, like outside of wrestling stuff. You can kind of see it on the screen, like right up there. That's a signed eight by ten of a uh, Kirby Puckett who played for the okay. Twins at yep, Minnesota. And- Yep. Yeah, and he was my favorite baseball player growing up, and I was literally given that when I was, like, one or two years old. Like, a family friend of my dad, like, knew that my dad had had me, basically, or my parents had had me, and he, my dad was really big into baseball. And so I've literally had that Kirby Pelkett autograph my entire life. That That's moved from me from my childhood bedroom to college to all the different places I've lived. So that's, like, my most prized possession outside of, like, my most prized possession is I have some like jewelry that my mom left me like when she passed away. That's just really important to me because it was hers. Right. But um, as far as like memorabilia, you know, memorabilia, like it, it's that Kirby bucket. And I got a Shipper Jones underneath it, which I've had for a really long time too. But um, Jones, I, 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 I definitely have like nostalgia feels for nineties baseball. Like, not many – like, I'll take anything, like, current-day NFL because I love the NFL. But, like, for me, it's basically, like, 90s baseball, anything that has to do with the Vikings, and then, of course, wrestling and MMA. Yeah, dude, like, like, I lived I lived when Nolan Ryan played for the Texas Rangers, and I saw him pitch. And um, I remember, like, we would go and, like, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire were there, like, for the A's. And, like, my favorite player was Ricky Henderson. Like, oh, yeah. A's. Stole all the bases. Stole the bases. Like he was my favorite. He had charisma, and I just liked him a lot. So Real life fully made his haze. Yep, pretty much. So yeah. yeah, I was a I was a big fan. Hell yeah! So well, see, uh, that's a great way to wrap the show up. Though. Yeah, like, Brandon wants to know real quick what we thought of Rich Franklin since he sent the last super chat. I'd give him another one. Um, I think he was a great fighter for his time. I think that fighters evolved and they got better. Like Anderson, for example, was just better than he was. But I think he's a great fighter, UFC Hall of Famer. Um, he he won the 185-pound division title. Um, yeah, I mean, and, you know, he, he ended Chuck's career until, you know, Chuck decided to come back. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the dude was uh, was was one of the best at for his time, for his era. Yeah, I, I was a big uh, Evan Tanner fan. And yeah, Rich Franklin – wrecked him like and um UFC 53 heavy hitters yep and uh I thought Franklin I think Franklin's real 
major contribution to the sport isn't even in the octagon necessarily. It's breaking the stigma of what people thought a cage fighter was because he was a it's former math teacher. Yeah. Exactly. And so when you saw, when you saw him and learned more about him, I think it broke a lot of stigmas for like the average fan that saw that. And they're like, Oh, like actually like really intelligent, just like nice people are also yeah. doing this. It isn't just like these barbarians or these human cockfighters or whatever. Um, so I it was that hard up, to hate Rich Franklin. He was a really good dude, really good dude, and he's done a lot for one championship as like a front office guy. Like he's clearly just a super intelligent dude. He's got a great head on his shoulders, and I think overall he was really, really good for the sport of MMA. Unfortunately for him, he just lived uh, his prime was during the time that Anderson Silva was also in his prime. Like yep. had Anderson Silva not existed, the dude probably would have been the middleweight champion for like a decade. But right. Um, but yeah, Rich Franklin, I can't say, I'm definitely not going to ever say a bad word about him for sure. So Awesome. Thanks again, guys. Probably the best stream yet. Thanks for all the answers. Awesome, Brandon. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah so sure. order DCW, order, or watch the UFC. Um, next week, I've got Davey Richards and uh, Brian Keith um, in an indie show and uh, Nyla Rose versus Rachel Rose. It's going to be good. Roxy versus Heather Monroe. Should be so, uh, it should definitely be a good show. And I have that next Saturday. So looking forward to that. It doesn't stop. I, I also knew Texas announced their dates for Houston. There's literally a show every month. Hell until yeah. The end of the year. So it's Cole Rogers going to end up defending his title probably in September. Brian Keith will end up defending his title in September, I would think. So yeah, it's going to be sick. Hell yeah. Cole Rogers, my dude. Yep. So anything you want to plug, Steven? Yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Fight Talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. Um, like Doug mentioned, shout out to Fight TV. Watch GCW this weekend. Um, I'll actually on Fight TV tomorrow night. I'll be watching Paige Van Zandt versus Rachel Ostevich and Bare Knuckle. If you want to there watch you that, you have my info to do yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the um, yeah, Fight TV, great stuff. IndependentWrestling.tv. Use code Fight Talk F I G H T T A L K. All is one word with no space. Throw that in the promo code spot on independentwrestling.tv or iwtv.live. Just two different ways to get to the same spot. Is but there any use that coming up in IWTV this weekend or the next couple of weeks? Uh, I haven't looked, but they're running live shows almost every weekend of this. Program. Yeah, yeah. No, um, for sure. There's stuff usually, that always kind of catches my eye, and I'm like, hmm, that might be good. Yeah, a lot of variety, too. You get very, you get straight up just indie shows. You get the, the, the pit fighter shows. You get the... Shows in bars, the shows in high school. I almost gyms, feel like there should be like a pre-COVID show and post-COVID, like like the, on the title, so you just know what you're getting into. Because you look at a loaded card, and you're like, yes, and then you click on it, and you're like, no fans. All right, yeah. this is not going to be very good. Like in your, I mind. mean, the shows still wind up being good, but yeah, yeah, I know you're you're way more into the fan aspect than I am. I obviously love the fact that fans are back, but like it didn't prevent me from watching anything without fans being. Yeah, it it, it 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 just depends on what it is too. Yeah, but um, but yeah, that's yeah, just follow me on that stuff. I keep my Twitter updated on anything that I'm doing with like links and stuff. And this Monday, me and John Mosley, who is my co-host on the MMA show that I do. I think that what we're going to do on on Monday afternoon, if anyone wants to join, and if you're free, Doug, you're welcome to. I just know you work um, yeah. during the day. But I I think that what we're going to do on Monday is just go on my Twitch channel, which is uh, twitch.tv slash fight talk underscore. If you want to go over there and shoot me a follow, that's free. If you want to subscribe, it's a couple bucks. Or use Twitch Prime. It's free if you use that. 
help support my Twitch channel. I'm going to be doing more on that going forward. And we're going to just watch some uh, some classic TNA wrestling, dude. We're going to go back to like 2002 or 2003 or something, just pick a year and from okay. the early days. And we're just going to sit there and it'll be the show on the screen, me and Moe's in, uh, in our little squares. So you can watch and hear us talk about it. And we're just going to kick back and for a few hours and just watch some uh, some old TNA wrestling uh, on Twitch. on Mon- We're going to probably do that Monday afternoon. So okay. uh, join for that. So, uh yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. I, if for no other reason, even if you don't want to listen to the Weekender Podcast that I record or the uh, Alex Sour Grap Show, which I think is worth the admission alone, that podcast, even for no other reason, Sean Ross Sapp's on there dropping the biggest news in wrestling on a consistent basis, yeah. and it's only $5 a month. So, like, I can't tell you how much value you get out of that five bucks. I think it's, they could be charging 50 bucks and then people would still be getting their value out of it. So like, I can't recommend it enough. He's the one that broke the CM Punk story. So he breaks a lot of that stuff and it's, and he's in the loop on everything. There's stuff that he doesn't report that he'll kind of give me the Iggy on every now and then too and stuff. I mean, he, he knows what's going on in the world of wrestling and it isn't just WWE news. He he knows what's going on. On all on, there are sometimes there'll be times where he'll be like, "Hey man, you want to know what the big uh, GCW surprise is going to be?" And I'll be like, "Nope, <laughs> nope, don't tell me. I'm going to watch the show." But like, he's tapped into the indies and everything. Well, and so. Like Wrestle Votes put on Twitter that like they don't have very many AEW connections. They have WWE connections. So it, Sean kind of has connections everywhere, which is kind of rare. Yes, because he and this is me just kissing his ass because we work together. Like he. He is is similar to Ariel Hawani in the world of MMA. The dude bats a thousand. He doesn't put out fake news. Yeah, everything he's putting out is legitimate, and he has the connections to get these stories. So, right. like, he's I. In all honesty, I mean, I mean, Dave Meltzer is the best of all time at, at this type of stuff. But like current day, I think Sean Ross Sapp is literally the best in the game. Brian Alvarez and those guys talk about it all the time too. It's hard for them to get news now because they've been around so long and people know they're going to leak information. Yeah, Sean, he's he's the man right now. He really is. And and once again, FightfulSelect.com is the best way to support you know Fightful directly and everything. So, sure. um, so yeah, that's that's what I've got. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, we should be back on Tuesday. So we'll catch you guys Tuesday.